record. I hit record. And, uh, oh, hang on. Very nice. Very good. Very good. Very nice. Very good. Very nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What voice is that? Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. We're doing a great, doing a very good job. All right. The train pulled into Paris like a rocket to moon. I've been on the planet for uh, 62 years, 63, in three more months. And this time tomorrow, I will see the city of Paris for the first time in my life. My question to you, sir, what was it like the first time you saw it? Well, that's 20 years ago, to be honest, but... uh, yeah, I get these things where I just stand there and look around and go, oh, I'm in Paris. Yeah. I'm a lucky young fella. A lot of people know of Paris and want to go to Paris and don't get the opportunity to go to Paris or never get around to it. And Yeah, it was very interesting, you know. And you're looking at that. You know, I'm not looking at a picture of the Eiffel Tower. I'm, I'm looking at the Eiffel Tower and on and on and on. You know... I know no, you and I'm I have. I'm looking a, at a picture of the. No, I, I got I'm it. looking at. No, the, I get it. You're not looking at a picture. You're looking at the tower. Charles de Liège. Bon bon. The Arches Triomphe. I'm not looking at a picture. Oh, yeah, you know. Hey, uh, I think your mic's a little low. Did you do something to it? Or no. maybe you're just doing your point extra voice. Um, oh, how's that? No, it's better. I, plus, I've got music playing here. Um, you know, you and I have a lot in common. We don't. We have a lot not in common. But it's interesting. It's a couple of the things that you just said are so like me. When I woke up this morning, I literally said to myself out loud, "Well, Howard Glassman from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. This time tomorrow, little Moose Jaw boy is going to see Paris." And and I and I feel exactly that. I feel grateful and very lucky that somehow. You know, the circumstances have conspired to bring me to this point where I'm going to get on an airplane. I want to talk about that, too. And then I'm going to see this city that I've only, you know, as you say, it's not a picture. It's not a movie. It's actually the city. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I know not everyone has the means, but... And believe me, there's people that have traveled a lot more than I have. And same with me, too. Um... You just got to do it, you know. It's one of those things where a lot of people think of doing things. Oh, I'd like to go there. I'd like to go there. But you don't actually have to sit down at a computer or before then, whatever, and just do it. Like, I'm going to New Orleans for the second time. I went the first time because I always wanted to go to New Orleans, you know? Yeah. Same reason I went to Arizona and the coast of California. It was those things. <laughs> and Austin you've been to, and, yeah. uh, and like you've been wanted- to Memphis. I've never been there. Yeah, I wanted to go to, I thought, you know, a tour of Texas. I always thought about it and then actually did it. And I'm just so glad that I did Um, because, you know, because I wanted to go. I wanted to see all the Kennedy stuff. Right. Right. And it's something I always wanted to do. So I did it. And uh, again, lucky that way. Yeah. Um, But back to also the idea of, of, you know, in terms of planning my my trip, I, I I said to ex-wife Randy, who I'm going with, I said, you know, we can, you know, we've booked a couple of little things and we're a couple of tours. But I said, I, I, I will, I promise you, I'm going to spend a, a great amount of time sitting in. I want to sit and just stare at the place and just see things and watch people and sit in a cafe and 
I don't really need to, I don't need to do a lot of stuff to, to be amused by the fact or be fascinated by it. Well, what would that be? Do you mean like paid tours? Well, or something? No, I, I mean, I don't need to plan a lot of stuff, which we've done. We've planned a couple of things, but just in general, going right. to these places. Like I remember mm-hmm. last year when I was in Venice, one of my favorite days, Rachel had some work to do. And so I went off on my own for four hours and I just walked around the place and it was just fascinating. I had nothing to do for the entire afternoon. <laughs> Except just experience it, and 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 you're right. It, it, we are pretty lucky to be able to do this. And I've traveled a lot the last four or five years, but just the idea that tomorrow, you know, and again, the fascination with modern travel. How you know, this evening I'll get on an airplane, and then tomorrow I'll get off an airplane and I'll be in Paris, France. I find that fascinating. Yeah, because you know, I really didn't start traveling until I was forty. I used to go to week long, you know, to all inclusive resorts prior to that. Because we have babies. No, that's it. And, you know, a lot of these places just sit and think about them. Go, oh, I'd like to go there one day. And then actually, then you're actually there. I remember the first time I landed at like Heathrow and I thought, I'm in Heathrow Airport. This is England. Mm -hmm. And then that trip I took recently to. To Ireland and, and Scotland. It's something I always, always wanted to do, and it was just so thrilling to do it. And as you say, I, and I've told you many times, I'm more into geography than I am in history. Just being, just sitting and looking around and taking it all in. It's, uh, it's something. Yeah, you've said that before, and I kind of agree with it. Like, I, I'm not really into. I mean, I'm, you know, I've never really delved into the history of it, but I, I think the geography for me informs the history. Like when you look at a building, mm-hmm. yes. you know, Dan and Jeff were on a couple of days ago, you know, and, and Jeff live, uh, Lumbee, our buddy, who I'm mm-hmm. going to go visit as well. I mean, they live in a village where some of the buildings are hundreds of years old. And so you think yes. about that from a historical you know, standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, again, being in, in Venice, and I know many people have been to Italy, and you, you've been there uh-huh. a few times. But when I was in Venice or in, in Florence, and, you, and you're looking at things in, in Florence that are, you know, a thousand years old, the major domo there, it's, a couple of, yeah. it, it's amazing to me. So from that point, the geography is the history, you know? Yes. Um, and then, you know, um, to reply to that... Yeah, Probably please reply. My my best memories of of uh, Italy or Tuscany, just sitting there and looking at the hills or uh, Cinque Terre, uh, you know the cliffs, and and then we went to Lake Como. That was another thing, another fascinating thing to go to Lake Como. When you're in Lake Como, northern Italy, the northern part of Italy, it's almost like being up north in Ontario. But Darren and I are on this boat, and we're and we're driving by like uh, you know uh, George Clooney's house and like Madonna's house or wh- whoever have houses on that lake, and just fascinating from a whole different perspective than being in Rome and being in a church that is a million years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, yeah. You know, like CNN's got this series I've been watching called uh, "It's Stanley Tucci Searching oh. for Italy." Have you fantastic. watched it? It's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, and he's going like, uh, I've been watching this season. He goes to different regions. And, you know, again, I know you've been to more places in Italy than me. Uh, but watching this series made me want to go back because it really is. 
Like he he showed shots of Lake Cuomo and and some of these little regions, mm-hmm. Santorini and not Santorini, that's Greece. But um, anyway, been there. Yeah, I know you've been everywhere, man. Um, but yeah, it's the uh, the idea of and we were the same. I didn't do a lot of international travel. I went to I went to Europe for the first time with Dan. I was uh, we told the story. I was twenty two. Dan was twenty four. Dan broke his camera or left his camera on the plane. But that was when I was 22. I never went back again till uh, 1994 with my dad. I was in Scotland. But from 1994 until 2016, I'd never gone, you know, because we had kids and like the trips we did were with kids and we went and did all inclusives and such while we had our job. We, You know, when you and I worked together, I don't remember many years where we would take more than two weeks off in a row. No, no. So we really couldn't go that, you know, and again, having little kids. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, as you can tell. Well, and Delise absolutely loves Italy. And uh, first time we went north, a second time we went south. The thing is about Italy, when you're driving, which is very easy in Italy, it's like every two hours you're in a different country. Yeah. I mean, geographically is what I'm saying. Yeah, all the regions are so unique. And what's the... The Amalfi, you know, last time we were there, those mountains. Yeah. And then Rome, the city, and then it's different north of that. It's just a wonderful place. And then you're in a position, we've never been to Spain. And it's like, oh, I guess we got to go to Spain. But the position we're in now, if we go back, do we want to try Spain or do we want to go back to Italy to enjoy what we know? Or maybe you can do both, I don't know, on the same trip. But Yeah, I mean, there are people that are like... All they do is go to Italy, and I kind of get, I kind of get it. Yeah, watching Stanley Tucci series. I watched an episode, I think, yesterday, the day before, um, before I tried to nap, but I was too excited, I couldn't. And uh, he, first of all, he's just such a comfortable guy. He's so good. You almost forget that he's a famous actor. He's just so he's such a good presenter. You know, you know, I don't even know what you call what he's doing. Is it? He, he's sort of the host, but he's. He's in the way he interacts with people. So sweet. And he said, but the countryside, the people, the food, it's just it just seems so appealing. Howard, and there are moments. There are moments that hook you. Okay, the first time we're there, we rent this sort of bed and breakfast thing in Tuscany, the side of a hill. Beautiful place. You can see the vineyards near this little town. Wake up in the morning to the smell of croissants being baked by the person that owns the place that has stuck with me forever there was a light breeze blowing through the window and it was just a moment in time that was just fascinating right just crazy and then the second time we go we're in the amalfi and we meet this guy who showed us you know when we got there he showed us where our place was we start talking to him finds out it's delisa's birthday totally unsolicited offers to come and cook us dinner for her birthday I'm no kidding. So the guy just shows up with bags of groceries and makes us the, this gnocchi stuff, showed us how to make it. It was like a, a cooking lesson, the proper wine. It was just like a moment in time, like, what is this really happening? Does this, this is an Italian guy that's coming and cooking us dinner. And, and we'll never, ever forget that. And it's those moments that make you want to go back. It's like, shit, should I try someplace I've never been or just go back and try and relive those moments? Did the, uh, I, I remember you've told me that story about the guy cooking you dinner. I can't remember. Did, did Making you, us dinner. Making you dinner. Like, like literally doing the dough from scratch. Gnocchi. Did uh, that yeah. cost you guys anything? Or was that just like... Well, yeah, I think we paid him for the... For the groceries? For the groceries. 
Yeah, but it was just so, you know, in the sauce over it, and then, you know, and just enlightening us about the place and the area and the. Yeah, it was just amazing. You know what it was, Howie? It was magical. You know, and and I know you have this feeling whenever I go somewhere, even if it's, you know, you know, somewhere in the tropics, I always get I always get this feeling like, wow, there are people that live here. This is where they live. This is what they do. Yes. You know, our friend Tim Daniels. Look, you know, and Tim will be coming back on actually in the next month or so to uh, promote something new. We're very excited to do that. But Tim, where Tim lives in Florence, I, I stayed a couple blocks from his home. But just, I, I've often asked him, like, you know, he goes for a coffee and he walks by these structures mm-hmm. that are some of the most famous buildings on planet Earth. And you just walk by them. And I said, does that ever get, like, does the novelty of that wear off? And of course it does. Like, you're on your way to do something and there just happens to be, you know, this beautiful church that's, that people from all over the earth come to see. But, but you know, same in Paris or same in Italy. Like, there are people whose lives are so much different than ours. And uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Although I'm often struck by the fact that, you know, you just basically, as a tourist or a visitor, you drop in for a week or so. But their lives, like, the way they live goes on and on. Like, those people I met in Venice last year, like, their lifestyle is a lot different than mine. You know? And, and you think, well, maybe, maybe that's the way to do it, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, I get that feeling, and uh, their priorities are different. Listen, they have the same day-to-day concerns that we do, you know, family, friends, job, all those things. It's the way you handle it. And uh, and I just notice it in restaurants, or when you know they're locals, just the mannerisms and the calmness and the... It's just weird. They just... Their priorities are different. Here, it's rat race, it's big house, big car big mortgage there it's almost like that's pushed to the side it's friends family food you know well it's like jeff and dan were talking about how you know you go for lunch and jeff's and that's one of the things that's really what we're going to do when randy and i there we're going to go for to different villages and have lunch but it's not like you go in there drop in in 20 minutes you're back on the road you're there for a couple hours yeah which i'm going to be fat again you know, I love that. I, I, you know, something happens to me. I just slow down, even in a city like Paris, because I want to take it all in. And I've said that to ex-wife Randy. I said, you know, I promise you, like, I'm just going to, we're just going to say yes to whatever comes along, whatever we need to do, whatever it's going to cost, whatever. If you want to go and do this, honey, I said to her, we'll just, you know, she said, do you think he would like to go on the hop on hop off bus? I said, if that's what you want to do, that's what I want to do. I love those things. I just have I've only ever done it once and it was in San Francisco and I, I was with Spencer and it was a great experience. Yeah, I do it pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I may do it again in New Orleans. I mean I did it the last time. Um but I may do it again just for a refresher. Well just think how great it is. You drive yeah. around the city. <laughs> no, I know it's you can fantastic. Get off, really at a at a at a reasonable cost. It really is those yeah. things. And then you can get off and do your thing and then grab the next. Like, they're fantastic. They really are. I am a little concerned, though. Uh, Randy uh, sent me a screen cap of the forecast. Now, now it's uh, looking and super warm. Like, I didn't really, for some reason, and I'm not packing a lot of stuff, but I hadn't really planned to pack any shorts or shorts weather clothes like lumby said uh, bring your bathing suit and i was like really because it looks like now it's going to be in the mid 20s 
Nice. For most of the time that we're there. There's a couple of times it dips nice. into the high teens, but... Uh, yeah, you know, that's another thing. It's funny how international travels change. Like, it would have ne- like, I would have never. I mean, think about it. I'm going away for 10 days. You would always pack a suitcase. I mean, in our case, though, like, it's, it's sort of funny that I'm, I'm just taking carry-on because I will wear very few things over the course of the time I'm there. But you, and traditionally, we always bring way too much, right? Oh, I might need this or that, but you don't. I end up never using three-quarters of the stuff I bring. And if I needed to, like, I'm going to bring one pair of shorts. If I needed to, you know, buy another one, I would. You know, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just my, my problem is food with clothes. Because I might bring one pair of shorts on the first day I would get like, <laughs> marinara. Right. I would That's get right. marinara all down the front. <laughs> He's got sauce all over it. it. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm the same way. That's the so, only thing for me. Is that, But we're staying in an Airbnb if I have to wash the sauce off my pants. But we've noticed in Europe, too. I mean, people talk about does it have laundry facilities. A lot of the places we've gone in Europe, it's, you know, if you're there for a couple of weeks and you need some laundry done, you just go to the corner and give it to them. And then you come back three hours later and it's washed and folded and cleaned for you. You yeah. know, I mean, you have that option as sure. well. No, I know. But, so, uh, uh, yeah. Well, you were at my place yesterday. Yeah, I want to talk about that. There's something that happened right. yesterday that was just, we'll, we'll do it once we start the show. But what you were, what were you going to say? I was at your house well, yesterday. I, I, you know, you had a short conversation with my sweet doll about you know the carry-on thing and oh that's her, right yeah to her that's a huge mountain to climb it is though it's different for women though i mean it is i'm sorry well, to be it's, sexist it's just different i know it is but randy's doing it and dan's uh, lisa is doing it and i would just like her to try because but I, i've also said to her and listen i don't care if she takes a suitcase and we end up at pearson you know a week from friday and we're waiting two hours at the carousel that's just know that if you want to take a suitcase that may be the situation and if it if that makes her happier and more comfortable and you know enjoys the trip more because she's got this vast array of uh, <laughs> well and, op- and I, options while she's away is great it's something you brought up while we were talking with something about her hair dryer and she had she had figured that out that she has a travel sized hair dryer because the one she uses here is huge <laughs> that's right like it honestly it's like uh it's huge yeah but doll first of all let's talk about doll and how beautiful and sweet she is but she's got very specific hair needs yeah you know as you've described it does you know it's not easy taking care of those ringlets or whatever she sports right but sometimes my you know my strategy is is okay we're gonna be in new orleans nobody knows us you can be a skag for a week don't worry about that's it. nice Who, yeah, who's to know <laughs> you, who's to know <laughs> you, you should you should finish that sentence after all i am yeah, after all <laughs> after I, all i'm I i'm skagging it up yeah that's what Dawn wants to hear that's <laughs> for no, once why don't you come down to my level <laughs> that's right in, instead of me trying to go up to your level which is futile that is funny let me see if i got this in the right part of this song I'm sorry, continue. What I remember about Paris, uh, a little cafe 
one day we thought, of course, we got to sit by a cafe, you know, in the main drag. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time I ever, and it was the equivalent of $7. This is 2001, maybe 2000. Uh, it was the equivalent of, I think, of $7 Canadian for a beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and saying to Darren, we better enjoy this thing. Now that's nothing. Yeah. But just think about that 20 years ago. The one thing about Paris, it's it's expensive. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I mean, I but I know that. It's funny you mentioned sitting in, like, we were in, in, in Venice, and there's this main, the main piazza. It's very famous. I can't remember its name. Sorry. Huge. And, and the day we were there, there was a graduate. It was graduation for the school. So there's hundreds of kids and families, mm-hmm. and it was a festival. And I, I said to Rachel, we got to stop. I want to see this, because they were getting ready for their convocation. And it was just an amazing scene, sunny day. And we sat down. They have all the it was restaurants that have all these tables near the uh, main square. And uh, Rachel warned me. I said, I'm just going to have a coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, you know, a small coffee with a little uh, bis- uh, little biscotti type of thing. And it was like 15 bucks. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, but I didn't really care because I'm like, I'm never going to, I've never done this before. I'm just going to sit here and have this $15 coffee. And you talk about the locals, right? The locals pay $15 for a coffee depending on where they are. It's sure. expensive. Oh, yeah. So again, that's how their priorities shift. It's like if you're paying $15 for a coffee and you're paying this for groceries and that for restaurant the idea of home ownership in a place like rome is just forget it because it's as expensive or more expensive than toronto the oh, yeah. state. so yeah it's uh in, from that perspective as well so uh well, let's start the show and then we'll talk about this visit yesterday that was uh historic in nature i uh, dropped by freddie's house uh, for Humble and Fred Business. And uh, let me just get this. Uh, see, I've got to get the music here. Hang on a second. Uh, see, when Dan's not here, i got to play it from here. And uh, that's not what I want to play. Uh, so I, I can't remember if Dan's staying here at my place next week. I think he might. He's got some work to do in the city. But uh, so here we go. Let me get that part. Here comes Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto and beautiful Brampton. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who are saving the world one opinion at a time. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, hi, everybody. Lots of your emails, some uh, uh, social media posts we're going to read from you and uh, all about our, well, not all about it, but a lot about the 11th anniversary of the Humble and Fred show. We'll get to that. I uh, got a couple other things as well. I have a phrase I wanted to, I've been saving this for about a week. There's a phrase that I wanted to run by you as well. Just at the very end of the show, Boone will be here. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this in the news. It's a story about Uber and Uber Eats going into the weed delivery business. And there's a a character, uh, a friend of ours, Michael Davis, whose father we've known, Fit for Life Sam, Mm. for years. And uh, Michael has a similar business, Kindling. We we spoke to Michael. Anyway, Michael's going to come back on the show today and talk about the differences between his weed delivery uh, business and this upstart uber 
Uh, that's all coming up here. And again, as I said, a lot of your emails, a lot of uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter posts that we're going to uh, acknowledge. Actually, uh, just give me a second here because I, I just remembered there was this long... I got to find it. Did you ever l- open this up? It was from a, a nice person. I can't remember her name, but she sent us this. In lieu of writing us a letter or an email, as the kids call it, mm-hmm. she sent a voice message. Did you ever yes. listen to it? No. Oh, man. I didn't actually. You know, I, I, I may have deleted it. Oh, wait a minute. If you if you have it, it came to us. Could you send it to me? Yeah, the thing is... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I had a problem. I'll, I'll send it to you, but I, I had a problem with it. But anyway, I'll send it uh, to I, you. I, I've, I've listened to it. It was great. I just... Okay. And I, I play... It was able to, be, to play on my computer, so... I just don't know what I did with it. No, I think I deleted it. Anyway. It's very long. Um... So I go over to the uh, Patterson's home yesterday to drop off some paperwork. You know, Fred is the uh, chief financial officer of this company. And uh, and as always, you know, I have Stan there and Stan goes bananas when he sees Fred. As I was saying to Doll, I said, there's like three people in Stan's life that he. Oh, there it is. Jennifer. What was the problem? You couldn't play it. Let me see yeah, if I can play it. You know, it. I saw it on my phone. And Hi, I, guys. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there's Fred, there's Buddy Dave, and and me when I come back from a long trip. But nobody day to day gets Stan as excited as Fred. And it's just the weirdest thing. So he comes in, of course, he runs around the house, and then Fred sits down, and Stan leaps up on Fred <laughs> and makes love to his face. <laughs> And by the way, there's an email. Did you see that one where the guy says maybe Dan had a point about dogs kissing your face and how it could actually lead to amputation? Yeah. I'll tell you that story later. I'm not too concerned about it, though. Yeah, me neither. So uh, so Stan goes crazy. I, I don't s- want Delise to read that. <laughs> That's I'm right. I'm not that concerned. Right. No, at this point in my life, I've been letting dogs kiss my face yes. since I was able to walk. So uh, yes. anyway, we'll get to that story. So I'm at Fred's house. You know, doll looks great. Uh, I had a nice coffee. It felt very comfortable, you know, because obviously sometimes when I'm there, I'm a little bit on edge because I don't want to spill anything or do the wrong oh. thing. <laughs> I know you hate that bit. So um, I'm sitting facing Fred and Delise, and I'm looking. So I'm looking out the, I guess that's your front bay window. Yeah. And all of a sudden I see some movement. And, mm-hmm. and just for a second, I wasn't sure. I thought, you know, I wasn't sure what it was, like a big dog or something. But then I see it's a I, I, it's a turkey, but not a wild turkey that you see in like a field that are sort of small. Mm-hmm. There was it was a I don't know. What would you say, Freddie? Like a 40 pound, like a full blown big turkey. As big as they can get. As big as they can get. Like a large dog-sized turkey. Well, maybe we'll put a picture on the Facebook page so people can appreciate how big they were. Like send, send it to me. I'll post okay. it. But not, so I say to Freddie, I go, oh, look, I th- there's a turkey. And he's like, what? And then there was another one. Yeah, it's mate. And then you go running out. It's, and by the way, it's not mm-hmm. across the street. It was on your front lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like where did they come from? It's crazy. 
and what I said to you guys, you know, I, I around the golf course or some places, you know, sometimes I'll be, you know, at a course in the country and you'll see a wild turkey and wild turkeys are pretty small. Mm hmm. Like, you know, not much bigger than Stan, 30 pounds ish. Right. But these were like, they were more like ostriches. <laughs> they were ostriches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no doubt they were turkeys, right? No, I'm pretty well. They were, unless they were another animal dressed as a turkey. But it was, and you know, they, after you left, they came back. Come on. Mm-hmm. Delise called me back and I went out and I thought, I'm just going to see how close I can get to them. But they were a little freaked out. But not <clears throat> like crazy where they ran away. They just walked away quickly. Yeah, when you, I watched you, because Fred went outside yeah. and, and I watched because you were going to go take a picture. Yeah. They didn't go running from you. They sort of walked away briskly, but it wasn't like they were <clears throat> freaking out. See, and I, you know, I thought they'd fly away, but of course, you know, I was one of those guys. I tell you, I thought turkeys <laughs> could fly. <laughs> what was that line from WKRP? As God, God is my witness, no. As okay, God is right. my witness, I thought turkeys <laughs> yeah. could fly. That's right. I, I'd never seen anything like it, but I thought for some reason it was commonplace in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so you guys have such a fancy neighborhood that just turkeys run wild, and when you want one, you just go out and chop its head off and eat it. Well, I sent it to Melanie, and the first thing she said, "Why are you surprised? They're paving over their habitat." Which is true. There's a lot of construction around here, and maybe that's it. You know, there was about a hundred acres just at the end of my street that was vacant for about well the whole 26 years i've been here and now they're making a subdivision so who knows maybe they lived in there you know it was cornfields and it's sad really maybe they've come from there they've been forced over here okay and 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 i would i would agree with mel that that had to do something within what do they call it in encroaching urban development except they well, weren't paving their paradise. Mm-hmm. They pay paradise, and and what are they doing? They putting up a anyway, <laughs> not a parking lot, a sun anyway. subdivision. But I would agree mm-hmm. with Mel, except for the fact that they were huge. Yes, and Delisa's theory was maybe somebody had them cooped up in the backyard, like cooped, um, and that's you know they for food because apparently that's I know chickens are legal. I think here in Brampton now, but these are turkey. Maybe it's that because they seem so docile, almost like they. They've been around um, humans before, you know? Well, that's what I, again, when you first went outside, I thought, okay, as soon as they see Mm -hmm. you, they're just going to scurry. But they sauntered. They sauntered briskly, but they did not scurry. Yes. Did you send me the picture? Yes, I did, but it okay. just said failed, so I'm trying it again. Yeah, trying it again. Yeah, it's the damnedest thing. It's the dang, mm-hmm. it's the damnedest thing, these big, tur- this was, these were big turkeys. No. These were and, big turkeys, man. And to be honest, I liked it. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a nature moment. Yeah. And, yes. and, and you kept saying, I've been here for 20 plus years, and I've never seen that. That's never, never seen, seen that. it. But Howard, for years and years and years and years, like there was squirrels around here, <clears throat> never chipmunks. But in the past couple of years, now I'm seeing chipmunks. Why? Why? Why, Howard? Why? I, I don't know. I don't have anything for you. <clears throat> I mean, are, were they bigger than normal chipmunks, like your turkeys? No, no. But for whatever reason, you know, in the city, like the, here, I never saw chipmunks. It was just so big, you know, <sighs> squirrels. But now chipmunks. Well, I'd never say anything like that. I mean, I've... You know, when you see wildlife in the city, you know, sometimes you'll see, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
a coyote you know, yeah. wandering away from the nature, you know, and where I used to live there in Oakville, you know, Dave and I were talking about this, you know, there was like a, a, a beaver damming a little area. So that was kind of cool, but I'd never seen big turkeys just wandering. But again, I thought when I left, I'm like this, this place where Fred lives is magical. It's like Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned coyotes. That's another phenomenon. More and more sightings of those and more oh, confrontation yeah. with humans. There's a reason they're being, Again, their habitats are being changed and they're being forced into different areas. And it's sad, but true. And what are you going to do? I don't know, man. You got to build houses. Yeah. Uh, Turkey's. uh, But I mean, again, it's sort of it was so out of context. And the three of us were fascinated by the size of these things. mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, it made for a very memorable visit. Thank you very much. Memorable. I'll always remember what day it was when we saw the big turkeys. <laughs> and again, the picture I sent you, I don't know. I think that was after you left. So they were just, you know, the front porch at my place. They were yes. just at the edge of that. The picture still hasn't I, come I have through, a bird the feeder there, and I think they started oh, to yeah? sense Nibbling. That. What if they become your friends? <clears throat> I would do that. Definitely. You'd be a turkey buddy. Hey, As a uh, matter of fact, I was going to... Um, I was going to want to get more seed and throw it on the lawn to feed them because I thought I want them to come back. Isn't it funny? Eh? You talk yeah. about like segregation and uh, discrimination. I would do that for a turkey, yet I would never do that for a Canada goose. Why is that? Oh, I thought you were going to say for a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, sir. No. Okay. No. Uh, listen, everybody. Uh, we're going to get to your emails and uh, feedbacks. And uh, lots of stuff still to come. But first, let's talk about these fine folks. Turkey Man. Yeah, the Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan for small business. And when we say small business, we mean they up to 100 employees. This really works. You know, a lot of small businesses, they don't think they can pull this off for their employees. They'd like to, but they think, wow, what would the cost be? Well... Not as much as you think, and the Chambers plan has done a great job of keeping uh, premiums under control over the past few years because 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. They've been around 40 years. They know what they're doing to keep this affordable for small business. Prescriptions and dental and certain kinds of therapy. They have an HR uh, option for you, mental health. I mean, they're really progressive. They stay in front of what medical coverage should be what a benefits package should look like take the time chamberplan.ca get a free quote today Mm-mm-mm. yeah you were you sent those pictures to my phone so now i've sent them to myself so i can email i've emailed them to myself so that i can post them on uh, facebook the, the giant turkey saga da, 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 da. don't forget uh, actually this will come up uh, a little bit when we're doing our emails about EV net, so I want to save the uh, Tesla talk. I tell you right now, though, I'm I'm giving that Tesla back today. Uh, when I'm back from France, I'm going to drive a couple other different vehicles, including the I think it's a, called a Kona. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, it's an SUV that you're going to get to test drive for a month. You know, just drive. I was at an event last night. I was hosting this thing for Clublink, and I was driving back from Oakville in this car. You know, it's so fascinating. I mean, I've been driving cars since I was a kid. But the experience of driving something that's non-combustible, 
not an uh, internal combustion engine. Mm-hmm. I- I'm telling you, it's fascinating. It's mm-hmm. the way it, because it, you know, we both have been driving for I don't know how many years, forty plus years, forty five years, and so the sensation that we're used to is just not there. It's just so weird, but it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating, and 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 one of the things we have talked about is how fast they go. It, it's just it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about now. Uh, I want to talk about GoDaddy. If you're uh, looking to uh, start a website, side hustle, maybe bring that idea to life. Now's uh, the time. There's no better time, in fact, now to get your ideas online. You can find your domain, create your website, and you can do it. By the way. Uh, with no credit card, you can just try it for free. Give it a give it a shot. Take it for a test drive. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. You get GoDaddy's free and friendly twenty four seven service. You can get started even without a credit card. Go give this a shot. This program uh, is brought to you by GoDaddy. We love these people. You should too. They power small business like ours, and they've been doing it for over twenty five years. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I got a uh, text message from Fred Ball. Fred Ball. Fred. He says, he says, 20 years ago, Nancy and I, that's his wife, went mm-hmm. to Alain Case's restaurant in Paris. I don't. Who's Alain Case? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm not as, we're not as cultured as you, Ball. Mm-hmm. He puts, the facture was $1,500 Canadian. Alain Ducasse or something. Anyway. Uh, the what was $1,500? The meal, I guess. Ball. Ball's got ball. crazy ball, man. He's, ball, he was a ball. He's a roller. He's a baller. That's what he is. Like, you know what? He wouldn't go there. He, he probably walked in and said, I, listen, don't even serve me unless it's $1,500. <laughs> That's right. Do you know who I am? Je m'appelle Fred uh, Pilote. God. I hope it was good. $1,500? I mean, that's, that's what I uh, get from this, that the facture... Or was that? I don't know if that's a misprint. What this? What would that mean? I have fact? no idea. And ball? Can, I don't know. Fuck! I've got no time. No time. And then he re- does Alain Ducasse or something. Maybe it's some Michelin star restaurant. I guess. But maybe it was the bill was fifteen hundred Canadian, or or the damage was fifteen hundred Canadian. Whatever. Seven fifty each. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's not for me. No, not for me either. No way. Although it was Ball that talked me into going to the North 40 one night, too, and that was very expensive years ago. And North 44, you mean? Oh, a uh, facture is French for Bill, and yes, 1500 Canadian. But he talked me into going to North 41, and it was okay. You keep saying North little... 40, but you mean North 44, right? Is that it? I don't yes. know. Is that it? Okay. Yes. That's, listen, that's how cultured I am. I'm very know cultured. The names of these places. But it was a little dab of mashed potato there and one asparagus spear. And you eventually I could find the meat. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm not I'm similar. But I mean, like I couldn't spending fifteen hundred dollars on a meal is just not in my. I couldn't get my head around it. Similar. I had the, I was at a, I, the, this event I was at. This sort of ties in. This event I was at last night was for a Club Link and it was a draw for this trip. It was like a draft, I should say, not a draw. So a bunch of guys are going to Vegas. They have all these teams, and then they draft players for their teams, and it's a lot of fun, blah, 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 gambling. But I was talking right. to a friend of mine who is a very good blackjack player. 
And he was telling me some stories because everyone was asking me, I, or a lot of the guys are saying, are you going to Vegas? And I go, I'm not really a Vegas guy, especially now that I don't drink. But I said, my problem is, and I'm just not, I like gambling, but I don't like losing money. <laughs> so I have, right. a to, I have a tolerance. For me, it's about 300 bucks. If I won or right. lost 300 bucks, I'd be fine. Right. Anyway, I'm talking to this guy last night. He was telling me about one of the times he went to Vegas and how at one point during the night, he was $18,000 down. Hmm. And, you know, the story had a nice ending because he played a few hands. And, and you know, the, the thing that deals the cards is called the shoe. Okay. And so I don't know how many decks are in a shoe, but he said to me, so I was $18,000 down and then in one shoe... I think a shoe's got three or four decks in it. So he said, in one shoe, I got all that money back and a few thousand more. And I walked away $3,000 up. And I said, you know, that's a great story. I said, but for me, if I was $18,000 down, I'd fucking puke. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, I and and it goes to the thing that the reason those guys can win or lose 20 grand is because they're willing to lose 20 grand. I'm not. I said, if I lost $3,000, right. I, I just I wouldn't know what to do with myself. You know, $1,000 would, would bum me out. But eight, sitting there knowing that I was a, a, a close to $20,000 in the hole, I yeah. would be mortified by it. I, I don't know what... Uh, but some guys just have a different tolerance for that. First time I ever was in a casino it was Las Vegas. Buddy Doug, I went with him. And I remember walking in a casino and thinking, whoa, this is the big time. This is like just TV. You know, this is what you've seen. I'm in that atmosphere. Again, another travel moment. But I'll tell you, it took me a day to hate casinos. Mm -hmm. The no windows, just the atmosphere, the ringing bells, the desperate people sitting there. Vegas is a bit different because it's more vacation than anything. But I've said this before, like the casinos in Niagara and um, and uh, Windsor, and they're just... Well, they're a bit depressing is what they are. Give me the creeps. Yeah. These people actually with their cards actually connected to the machines and hitting those buttons. To me, it's depressing. No, so for sure. I, the, it's chances kinda, of, the chances of me losing money in a casino are very, very slim because I don't even like to go in them. No, I know. But the, the point yeah. is, you and, just the same. Yeah. The, my point is, mm-hmm. spending $1,500 on a meal yes. is, I, I, is, is just beyond what I'd be comfortable with. The same way, like I'm telling you, yeah. if I lost $1,500 playing blackjack, it would make me sick. I'd be like, because all yeah. I would think of is, okay, what, what could I have done? As I said, my tolerance is three hundred dollars, and I got. And I wonder. Here's a question for you: What is your tolerance for? Okay, Fred Ball's meal aside, fifteen hundred dollars. Like, what is it? Is it like I'm okay if it's if it's if it's two or three or no? If it's two couples, I, I, I'm fine with five or six hundred bucks in a in a fancy place like New York or Paris because that's just what it costs. Well, look at our Hummel and Fred story. Right, that six hundred dollar meal. With the with the um, the crab the lobster, lobster risotto. risotto, right? So that lobster was six hundred dollars, and, and you know that I was blindsided there. But that bill would, if I'd have known the price of that before I ordered it, and again, that's just being naive and not used to those situations with the high rollers who you don't. I guess you don't ask the price of the special, but. Believe me, if I had known the price, that bill would have been a lot less because that would have been way beyond my tolerance level. But you're in Paris. Like, okay, Randy and I are going to be in Paris. I think we have a, a reservation someplace Saturday night. And if it's three or $400, I, it's going to be fine. No, because, again, 
that's Paris, and probably that's what it costs. Yeah. <laughs> so you do it or you don't, right? Right. But I mean, but to, if I went to a place, and again, I, I'm sure that the place Freddie Ball went to is, again, a Michelin star experience and all that's great. And, and I even talked to Lumbee about this. You know, I said, we don't need there because apparently there's a couple of Michelin level restaurants. I said, Jeff, I don't need it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy with a lot less. And it's not even about, by the way, it's not even about spending the money. It's about spending the money on things that aren't of value to me. It's like wine and cigars. You get to a level and it's like, I can't tell the difference. Michelin, great. Okay, what? Mm -hmm. Super. I can really, you know, another chef and a moderately priced, a good chef can put something in front of you. I'm going to tell the difference between that and a Michelin thing. Maybe some people could, but this fella couldn't. And I don't enjoy, if I go in knowing like it's over the top, like beyond my comfort level, I don't enjoy it as much. Like, that was good about the, the lobster risotto. I didn't, it, I really enjoyed it because I didn't know. That's <laughs> right. You were blissfully unaware. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's, and then that's another thing, too. Like, for an occasion, you have a different mindset. But that night that, it, you know, the famous lobster risotto story night, it wasn't that, it wasn't anyone's anniversary. We were going to a play. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, we'll treat ourselves to a nice dinner beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's get to these uh, emails. Uh, I can't believe how much show has gone by without us doing this. Uh, let me uh, get rid of that. By the way, I did finally get the turkey picture. It's up on Facebook. I have not yet put it up on Twitter. I guess I could after the show when I got some more time. Let me see. Let me see. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, so actually, some of this <coughs> was just spontaneous uh, because of our anniversary on Monday. Some of it was uh, because I put up on uh, Twitter. I put a great, I thought it was a cool picture. I'm not sure if you ever saw it, but it's a picture of our original studio. And, and it's not, a, not, of, not of us, just yeah. this darkened studio shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said 11 years ago today, and we got so many great responses. So where are you going to start? I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, I just want to... Um, um Something I noticed through that, an observation I made, you know, day to day we post stuff about the show, who's going to be on the show and what's coming up on the show and whatever. And, you know, you get moderate response. It just shows you basically people are good. Yes. They want to feel good and they want to feel good for you. So you post that, hey, it's our 11th anniversary. And then all of a sudden the response to that is what? 10, 20 fold. Oh, absolutely. The day to day stuff is. And. It sort of left me with a good feeling. Like people just want to feel good for themselves and for other people. Yeah, absolutely, they expressed it that way. <clears throat> you know, day to day they look at that stuff and they're busy and they don't have time. They don't take the time to click or make a comment. But when it's something like that, am I in, am I describing that properly? Like to uh, absolutely, there were there were hundreds of people <laughs> that liked and commented. Yeah. Maybe not hundreds, but but we'll get typically thousands, thousands seventeen thousand people. Oh yeah. Typically, we'll get a few people. As you say, they're busy. They don't particularly like every post. Hey, on the on the show tomorrow, Tony Clement. That gets you know a couple of people click it. I click yeah. it. But uh, that that post of ours, eleven mm-hmm. years ago today, with a shot of our studio, over a hundred people commented, liked, and uh, so back to mm-hmm. my question: Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the screen caps, or do you want to start with? Oh, I had started. I'm here at Steve Patterson. Okay. Well, why don't you start with that? Why let's read it. Do, do a few of there of those, and I'll do a few of the uh, screen right. caps. This is the great Steve Patterson. That's Call right. Steve Patterson. Patterballs. Mm-hmm. 
Happy 11th, gents. I believe the traditional 11th anniversary gift is wedgies. <laughs> See? Funny. Mm-hmm. Always good. Um, okay, yeah. Keep going, because uh, there's a bunch of... Those, the, the next few are from Twitter, so you can go ahead and read a couple there. This is uh, Mike Marquette. For yep. years, I would try and tune in to CFNY for Humble and Fred morning zoo banter and antics. But a few, <laughs> but a few segments between songs left me wanting more, which is great. That's what you want. And the move to Mojo was not the answer. Years later, I discovered the podcast, and I was hooked. It was all the nonsense and enthusiasm uninterrupted. And that's what we were talking about the other day, as far as podcasts and strategy and music goes. By the way, I love our mornings. I love our mornings zoo banter and antics. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, that was great. What about Gwen Spencer? Happy anniversary! I remember how happy I was to have you back. Hi guys. I'm sorry. Continue. And that podcast meant uh, you could be with me (laughs) during my dog walks in the forest. I often walk or cycle farther than planned because I am enjoying the show too much to stop. What an endorsement. Gwen, your fan from Niagara-on-the-Lake. Let me let me pick up a couple here for you. This is from uh, Steve Millard. Hi, guys. Congratulations. Really enjoyed listening to your podcast. The next one from the great Ted Wallishan. Congrats on a great run and many more at Humble Fred Radio. Uh, John Murray, let's uh, leave that one for now. Uh, because it has okay. to do with uh, electric vehicles. And Freddie, I'm going to go now to the... Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, actually, uh, the, the screen cap I, has a couple there, but Leanna M. Scott, who has been such a supporter of ours, I wanted to make sure we mentioned her, and just she says simply, happy anniversary, and uh, I think that's it. Those are the only screen caps, so the rest of it, now we can just keep on the, uh, the Word document that I sent you. Okay, this is uh, Keith Weiland. Yeah, our uh, original music director. Keith used to send us uh, song suggestions all the time. Um. He directs this at me. Hi, Fred. Not sure what your New Orleans plans are, but I highly recommend taking a musical performance in at Preservation Hall uh, by the Preservation Hall Jazz Band in the French Quarter. There are three performances a night. Uh, Get tickets in advance because it's very popular. Yes, I've been to New Orleans before, and I saw a performance. I was actually on the street. We couldn't get in, but that's a great idea. Great reminder. I'm going to look into that today. Because I'll tell you, even if you're not a jazz fan, although who couldn't be with certain kinds of jazz? Well, that's a di- yeah, yeah, that's a different experience, though. Just to walk into a like a bar or a pub, or and I guess you don't call them pubs there, but bars, and sit down and listen to the music because it's a lot like Nashville, right? The people that are performing are of such a high level that it just it it blows your mind, and it's so authentic, and it's so. Yeah. And you when know. I say Nashville, I mean like country music. No, I know what you mean. Music, no, but, I know what you uh, mean. In New Orleans, the best of the best are in New Orleans trying to make their mark. Um, okay, let's move on. I'm gonna co- and I'm going to come back to John Murray. Uh, he says, uh, hi, Hum How. This is actually a direct message to me on uh, Twitter. Uh, John's not the only one. Rudra Rishi Maharaj. And by the way, Rudy, thank you very much for hooking me up with the Gig Sky. I'm taking that to Paris. Why wouldn't you? Gig Sky, of course, 100% uh, data plans available in over 190 countries. You know the drill. You know, they're still friends of ours. And uh, so he's been sending me uh, tutorials because he drives a Tesla. 
Mm -hmm. He's invested in my uh, Tesla or my electric vehicle education. He says, John Murray, though, says, listening to today's episode, re-EVs. You might recall, he says, I have a Hyundai Kona. Hmm. And uh, I don't recall that, John, but good on you, you know, because electric vehicles are saving the planet. He says, went on regeneration setting, which Teslas have, and that's basically when you take your foot off the accelerator, the motor starts to regenerate it saves power and actually starts to regenerate the battery i understand oh wow uh as soon as you take off the brake like he's but i was worried or i was concerned or i was wondering if the brake light comes on because like driving home last night i you barely have to touch the brakes because the car just stops it's hard to describe. It doesn't mm-hmm. come to a rolling stop. It stops accelerating. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, I do a lot of driving myself and hardly use the brakes. The light does come on, though, letting the car behind you know, uh, as per your conversation, that the mm-hmm. car will slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and let yeah, me just... I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to my first experience with that. It's that, so that, weird. That in particular. Yeah, yes. it's the whole thing is so weird. But I wanted to just mention, too, since we're talking EVs, <clears throat> if you want more information, I'm taking it back today, but I'm going to get uh, we're going to get you guys hooked up at some point in the next few months. We're going to let you, the audience, test drive uh, one of these vehicles if you've never been in one. And that's the experience at EV net.ca you get to try these cars before you rent them before you lease them you can take them out for a weekend they have konas they have outlanders nissan leaf bolts and of course the tesla model 3 so there you go check it out check it out all right let me go to another uh, email freddie it's over to you hang on there we go this is uh, one of our uh, chambers uh, plan uh, connections rod johnson Thank you, Rod. He says, an Arizona uh, grand old party candidate, that's a Republican, who said he wanted our children protected from the progressive left, was arrested by a police officer who caught him masturbating outside of a preschool. After his arrest, the Republican pervert said, I fucked up. I'm really stressed. Yeah, yeah I saw that story. As Isn't well. that great? Mm hmm. You know, once again, it's the gaslighting of the GOP. They're always talking about how Democrats are grooming children and mutilating their genitals and, you know, all sorts of uh, pedophile rings. Meanwhile, one of their guys is jerking off outside of his school. And uh, go to the Fox News uh, feed this morning and it's nowhere to be found. It would be the lead story if it was a if it was a uh, Democrat. And what I said to you to that before we started, I said the difference between Fox and CNN, if that was a Democratic candidate mm-hmm. who was jerking off in front of a school, CNN would run it. Yes, they would. You would see it on CNN, on CBS, all the left-wing mainstream media. As a matter of fact, funny you say that, a new guy is in charge at CNN, and I'm starting to see yeah. the results, and I think... You know, the, all the accusations of being a CNN being too far to the left, with, I, I disagree with, um, to begin with. They're pulling back to the center quite a bit, and they're being somewhat critical of both sides. 
Yes, anyway, they are. I don't. I I even hate that conversation with anybody anyway. When they say CNN and Fox, because you can't even compare them. CNN, with its flaws, is a news surface. Fox is yeah. just for imbeciles. Well, I, but I think Enough this this story yeah. is a yeah, I, I, absolutely. But this story yeah. sums it up perfectly. A Democratic GOP candidate, I'm sorry, a Democratic Arizona candidate who was caught relieving his stress outside yeah. of a school mm-hmm. that would, excuse me, definitely be featured on CNN and it's nowhere to be found because it here's because it's because it's about narratives yeah mm-hmm. CNN obviously up until this guy I can't remember his name I, he's taken over it's definitely moving more toward the center but mm-hmm. what kind of a what kind of excuse is that I'm really stressed so what I thought I would do is jerk off outside of a middle school and why was he doing that he was watching the kids while he was doing it was that the deal I don't fucking know. Yeah. It's just gross. I'm I'm sure last night he was on Hannity and um Hannity interviewed him and they tried to blame it on a Democrat. No, it was sure Nancy that. Pelosi was yeah, jerking was him off. Yeah. <laughs> she, she stressed him out so much. No, no. Like, she was in the truck underneath this she was just <laughs> I I don't know what happened. I she I just, Nancy mm-hmm. drove to the school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and told me to jerk off. Uh, this is uh, from Colin Wilson. I referenced this earlier in the show. It's basically a story. Medical experts explain why you should never kiss a dog. And I, I opened up the uh, story there, and it kind of goes into some detail about how there's something that transfers when you kiss a dog's mouth that could lead to this terrible disease. That could result in amputation. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. It seems a bit extreme. Yeah, so here's the story. This uh, blah, 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 CDC. I, I couldn't tell. It's on. It, it's, a, it's a link to Apple News. But it's uh, a serious illness that can cause widespread systemic infection, septic shock, and even a gangrene. Well, you know, it's like the vaccine we were talking yesterday. I'll play the numbers. I don't know anyone that's uh, ever uh, <laughs> experienced hardship from letting a dog lick their face. Well, certainly not. I mean, I don't know any. I ver- I, I'm going to be honest. I know if this sounds uh, prejudiced. I don't know. I don't know very many amputees. I just don't. I know a couple no. guys. I know a couple guys that had the pieces of their thumb, you know, mm-hmm. lopped off because of an accident. Mm-hmm. But I don't know one person in 62 and a half years who has lost a limb because they ki- they kissed their lab. <laughs> I no, just don't. Exactly. You know, I've kissed a lot of dogs in my time. Lots of them. Well, so have I. Of course you have. You were making out my with my bad. dog. And my... Although I have to watch it with my son's dog, Dougie, because it's a French bulldog, and uh, he has the flat face, and when he sniffs another dog's ass, his whole head is right up in their ass. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Other dogs have a snout. Obviously, they can do it from a little distance. But this guy's whole head and face is right in their ass. He gets right in there. And then he'll jump up in your lap and start licking you. That That is a bit of a concern. Mm. And my wife has sort of noticed that, as you would uh, expect. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even so, I'm telling you, when I meet Dougie, I'm going to make out with him. I swear Hi to God, guys. I am. Okay, we got a lot to get through here. So... Uh, let's uh, begin. Let's keep going. We, I, I just realized, man, because like there's a, a bunch more than normal. So we'll pick it up with uh, who you got there, Mackenzie Barr. 
Mackenzie Barr, hi guys, happy 11 years. Howard mentioned earlier this week that at one time you guys thought of doing a Humble and Fred morning type show, streaming platform with music and talk. Uh, you were talked out of it because there would be more interest in uh, more of a talk-only format. Yes, yes, yes. I remember, Howard, at one time mentioning that you thought of coming up with a CFNY Spotify playlist of all the songs you used to play between the nonsense. Still thinking of doing that? That would be great for all of us. Uh, Hundy Peas. Thanks, guys. Uh, sucking on it. Well, you know, we basically have that. I mean, I, I could just, I, I was thinking about it while you were doing, reading there. Couldn't I just make my liked songs a public playlist? Because that's what I use, basically, on the show. Yeah, but remember, back when we were at Sirius and we wanted bumper music, remember I put together the Humble and Fred playlist? It's no, I know. It's a hundred songs. So if you, go to, if you go to my Spotify right now, there's a playlist called Humble and Fred, and it's pretty much all there. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't use it as much. Like I say, I could just publish or make public my like songs. Okay, quickly, this is our good friend Chris K. Hi, guys. Hunter Percenter and Sad Sack Blue Jackets fan. Chris is a great guy. He says, I love when you guys talk about your days on radio and the podcast beginnings. When you brought up the first show, I was reminded of the first anniversary show, and he sent us some pictures. Did, were you and I talking about how fat we looked in these pictures? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, honest to God, our faces look like our faces look like they do now, except all pumped up with a uh, uh, tire uh, uh, compressor. Anyway, uh, he goes on to talk about what a, a great time it was. I can't believe it was 10 years ago. Uh, Kelly was there, Dan Duran, Spencer and I, Spencer played music. But I just wanted to acknowledge Chris K because he was such he's such a good guy and such a supporter of ours. Thank you, Chris Hi, K of Milton. Hi, Next one is Corey Robfred. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, no, you know what? Humble. You can skip yeah. that one. Yeah, I think so. You know, he means well. He's uh, he t- he's talking about Peter Cunio, but I don't think it would be that relatable. No, I don't know why. I, I apologize. I put that in there. It's, it's really a guy trying to get old to Pete. I don't think we need but, to. But we, Corey Rob, we appreciate the interaction, and we will do what you ask, and thank you for the... Uh, the email. And I did. I sent his uh, information to Pete Cunha. All right, keep going. Okay, this is from Jim Barnes. All right, love Jim Barnes. Came across this in my memories on Facebook today. Happy anniversary, guys. You still keep me laughing. Cheers. And it was a picture of us uh, doing something. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, This next one is one of the longest emails we've ever received, but I don't want to... And and part of it's about being an EV owner. And I sent it to uh, Daryl Croft over at EVNet. Mm-hmm. And people are already starting to get into the EV conversation on the show, as I knew they would. But I wanted to mention this part. He says, uh, this is from Doug Gratani. And he says, uh, 11 years ago, when my two oldest daughters were 18 and 16, they played in an Oakville Soccer Girls House League at one game, which ended up... He says, I introduced myself to Humble, who was there to watch his daughter play. Maybe you've forgotten about this. And he goes on to talk about this interaction we had, which was pleasant, Fred. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I know you'd be surprised, but I have pleasant you know, interactions. He says, uh, I also clearly remember what you said after the soccer game when we said goodbye. It was something like, hey, Doug, keep a lookout. We're going to be starting up a podcast online radio show thing in the fall. So give it a listen if you have a chance. 
And here you are all these years later, still growing strong, still going strong. So congrats. And I, I do remember that. And I do remember having conversations that summer, Doug, with people like you that would come up to me, humble and Fred fans. Where are mm-hmm. you guys? Where, you know, at that point, Fred and I hadn't done a show in six years together. And I do remember having those conversations. I'm sure you did too, saying, hey, we're doing something. Yeah. We're not sure what it's going to be, but it's a chance for you to listen to us again. We're doing something, but it's not jerking off out in front of school. <laughs> well, speak, we doing hey, that. speak for yourself. <laughs> hey, I get stressed out too, Fred. Hey guys. I don't live in some turkey sanctuary like you. So uh, thank you very much to everyone who reached out to us. Ted Wallace and Steve Patterson, a bunch of people in the media. And I uh, Teddy's doing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I. The last, didn't try to say the last time we interacted with Ted was as a guest on the show, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think, again, he was one of those guys that launched a podcast, but I don't think it lasted long. Who, Teddy did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boy, you too. I go back a long way with Ted. I go back to Ted, with Ted to 1979. It's crazy. When he worked in Brampton. Crazy time. You were working in Brampton already by 79. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started. And Ted was there on CFNY. It, what was Ted doing on CFNY? Uh, he was, uh, I think he may have been doing afternoons or something. I'm not sure. Huh. Yeah. Because I think he had been at Q and then came to CFNY, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, including Ted. Uh, it was very, very nice. And as you said uh, at the beginning, you know, it's funny. We put up stuff every day on social media and nothing gets the reaction of people wishing you well. And because mm-hmm. and I think it's a, and you made a good point about it. It makes them feel good, too. Yeah. To wish others well, to give well wishes. Yeah, and as I say, you know, the day-to-day stuff when we post this on the show, people read it. A lot of people read it, but again, they don't necessarily physically react to it. It's like, oh, there's some information. But in this case, when people can actually engage for a reason, they do, and it's it's just nice, okay? There's nice stuff, Howard. Yeah, um, there's always nice stuff. Uh-huh. There's nice people everywhere. And again, you know... As long as you're not, you know, playing with yourself near a school, you can be, you can be mm-hmm. on our program. By the way, as I mentioned, I did this Clublink event last night. So oh, Monday yeah. night, I was at a, an event in Uxbridge. Tuesday, I was at Charlie's book launch. By the way, number one Amazon bestseller. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Charlie sent me a screen cap yesterday. Holy cow. No, I know. It's cr- but I, know, I said to Charlie, I said, what does that mean? Is that do you sell four books or 400 books? And she didn't really know. Right. But I'm, I'm assuming that, and, you know, it's like uh, Apple iTunes. You get, you know, a new, uh, a new podcast, depending, mm-hmm. it will often get a lot of traction because the way the algorithm works is if it's new, it, it goes to the top of the charts. One, uh, another thing I was reading last week that a lot of the Apple podcast rankings have to do, too, with comments. So if you haven't commented on the Humble and Fred show. Oh, good point. Recently, go in and just throw in some comments for us. Yeah, we, not, we often, we don't ask mm-hmm. you for, uh, you know, 
We don't oh. really talk about our Patreon page anymore, anymore, although we do have some nice people supporting us. But yeah, it would be great if you could comment and like and give stars or whatever people do. Anyway, my point is, for three nights in a row, I've been out doing stuff, which has been a little bit unusual for me because I don't normally do that much. And it's been great. But two of the three nights I've had, uh, they have apparently the sushi boat is now the default go-to for events. I had another sushi boat experience last night. You know, mm-hmm. one of those like long wooden boats they put out. Fantastic. Fantastic sushi. And there was uh, shrimp again, this time not frozen. And then I thought of you. I thought, oh, Freddie would love these. They were little, you know, this whole phenomenon of the slider. Sometimes the slider is too small. Mm-hmm. But these were like well, meat. for you. <laughs> well, you do you too. Like these were like I don't like them when they're too tiny because you got to eat like seven of them. But these right. were like good size, medium, meaty, right? Ham- mini hamburgers. Uh-huh. I of course had a couple of those because I'm a fucking pig. But uh, man, it was good. It was good food Head- last night. Heads up here, you know. Sushi isn't you know it's I know. hit and miss in the grocery store m- more often than not not good. But I, on the weekend, was in Costco, and mm. I bought one of their big things for like 30 bucks or something. It was excellent. Yeah, you were saying it's pretty good. Did I? Oh, have I already told you? No, no, I'm the, just saying. No, we, we, we'd been talking. I think we talked no, about I it. Took, Melanie had bought some at Supercenter, and it was good. But yeah. this was even better at Costco. Because it looked quality, and it looked fresh. And I brought it home to share with some friends we had over on Saturday. And it was fantastic. It really was. Well, I've told you, because I, mean, I know we had this conversation at some point because I said that the best grocery store sushi I've ever had is the stuff at Farm Boy. It is the freshest. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's okay. the closest to sort of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have no governor when it comes to stuff like that. I really don't. You don't want to weigh yourself the morning after sushi. No, I know, because you get so much... white rice and soya. And sodium, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, it just blows you up, man. But uh, I I had... Because I was working, doing this... I was hosting this event for Clublink, and I messaged my friend who works there. I said, is there going to be snacks? Because I didn't know if I should eat dinner. He says, oh, yeah, there's going to be enough food. And I was like, you know, I hope he's... You know, it didn't be chips and stuff. I was like... I hope it's just not for normal people. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, when he, cause you never know, like snacks could mean like carrots and some dippy things and some right. chips. But, uh, yeah, man, it was full on. God, it was good too. Anyway. How much soya did you splash on your shirt? A decent amount. <laughs> like not an unusual amount. Like I had a couple little splatters. Well, um, Pat, you know, and, again, and we've said this before, and it's true. And Delise laughs at me. The past few times we go out to dinner, I pick my shirt based on what I'm going to eat. But yeah, so, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I would never wear a white or light plain shirt. It's got to be either dark or patterned, so that when I splash food, inevitably splash food on it, it you can't see it. Oh no! I, and it's funny because I was wearing something that was perfect mm-hmm. to hide soya stains which yeah, i'm yeah, sure perfect. i splattered on me um and a lot the of people- idea with us is we we should just wear tie-dye everywhere <laughs> or a bib yeah like i i watched and there's a button there's a room of like 75 80 guys you know i don't right. i think it's just the speed at which i eat i yeah. eat so fast and then i go back and get more i eat that fast Denise never gets anything on her Ever well, because and, and well, because it's very, very delicate. 
I like a bird. I guess. I don't um, I'm just a couple things. I uh, we we are you uh, you have a couple more to go. So let's uh, mm. let's not. You want to do the retirement Sherpa? I'll get you retirement Sherpa music. Here it comes now. Take dog. your time, man. Take your time. <clears throat> do, 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 do. Hey, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett. You know, I thought he was on his way to his Florida home, but apparently I think he's in Quebec. He's doing a conference. Uh, a conference. I, yeah, he's doing some more education to make his, uh, his himself better at his job. Well, that's what I thought of. Hey, you'd think the retirement Sherpa is all full up with knowledge and all the things he needs to know about you know, handling people's money. Well, he's, he takes it in all the time, that's this right. knowledge and education and experience, and that's why... He works to your benefit. He's the Retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca is where to contact Tim. Uh, he's a portfolio manager, as you know, a member of the Canadian, or, uh, uh, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. That's uh, you know, you know that blurb. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen, man. I'm just, got wa- it out of I'm just watching James. you. Yes, yes. Raymond James. It was a little out of order there. You get all screwed up. <laughs> I see that. But anyway, it's the retirement Sherpa. He's there uh, learning more for you to handle your money in the best possible way. Tim Niblett, the retirement Sherpa. Um, okay, I just realized that we forgot to play uh, something, so we'll do that in a second. But first, this important message. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, we had talked about this because we're old men. We forgot to play it. So here is just a little snippet. This thing is minutes long, but I wanted to acknowledge that the Jennifer Kelly uh, left us a, a long message. I listened to it, Jennifer. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of it now, but I certainly appreciate you guys. Hi, guys. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Humble and Fred, where to begin? You've been in my life for decades. I grew up in Brampton, listening to CFMY, obviously listened to you guys on the edge. Freddie, that's our connection, the good old Brampton. In fact, they used to even have a trailer with an ad room. Never called it the Tim Palace, though. Mm-hmm. Humble. I'm actually... Um, I'm a Tobacoke I was born here, moved away for a bit, and I've been back here for over 30 years, which is nice, but that's where you and I connect. West town, west side of the city now. I'm sending a voice note because I almost have like too much to type, but you guys, I just love you. You're amazing. And I do actually have to share a funny story with Dan Duran, about Dan Duran, sorry. Here's a funny story about Dan Duran. So I used to work at Bell Mobility, and we had this amazing event every year called the Bell Mobility Celebrity Fashion Gala. All Leafs, Raptors, Olympic athletes, on-air TV personality hosts, so on and so forth. We'd have 800 people come. There'd be a fashion show. Celebs would be sitting at the tables. Anyway, Dan Duran was one of them. And uh, yeah, so back in the day, these celebrities would get a cell phone. And I remember, I don't even know where I was. Uh, You know, I think actually it's when Dan Duran lived in Blue West Village, because I did too. And I ran into him. He just lived down the road from me on Humbercrest Boulevard. And uh, there was something wrong with his hand. And (laughs) he was all cut up and everything. And then I asked him what happened to his hand. And without skipping a beat and like totally confidently, he shared with me that he was taking a crap. And when he went to get the toilet paper, the teeth of the toilet paper dispenser cut his hand. Oh, my gosh. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Like, who shares that they cut their hand while taking a crap? 
Dan Duran. Anyway, so many stories of the past that you guys have been a part of my life. I think it's amazing. I just want to say right now, Fred, you were not wrong to be irritated by those women talking in their language while you were having your uh, ultrasound. Humble, you really need to be more kind and help people. That's right. When they have a flat or need a boost, whatever it might be. Oh, that's the other connection we have, Humble. I have a Boston. I've always had Boston. Archie and Penny. <clears throat> so there you go, guys. And Fred, I think you can get those uh, chocolate-covered cherry things that you like, the Lowry's or whatever they might be called. Not the old Dollarama. So you guys mm-hmm. keep it going, keep it real. I love that I get to hear you. I just wish it was live so I could call in when things strike me, and that's why I'm finally sending a voice note because, like I said, there is just too much to type. So I hope you guys are great. My name's Jennifer, and yeah, have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Bye, Jennifer. You know what? I, I let that go because it was I've forgotten that it included a great Dan Duran story. That was great, and what a great way to interact. I mean, we would tell all listeners if you want to do something similar. It's uh, it's a nice way to interact. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voices, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you don't necessarily need to be like two minutes long. But you know, for next time, for next uh, email time, which will be in a couple of weeks, if you want to send us a voice message, mes- message, mm-hmm. humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio dot com. Um, we're going to talk quickly to our buddy uh, from Kindling. I told you there was a story about um, Uber mm-hmm. starting to uh, get into the weed delivery vis- uh, business. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mm-hmm. uh, just uh, I was trying to think. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff I had left over. Uh, we were interviewed by Ed the Sock. I'm not sure if we mentioned that. I, I think we mentioned we were being interviewed, but it was an interesting experience. But I just want to mention it's coming out at some point. We'll let you know. We actually. Uh, Interacted only with the sock that day, which was curious, but uh, fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, uh, you know, we've had these interviews before, but it was, you know, half an hour and it was sort of interesting and lots of talk about Canadians, you know, media. And uh, at some point, we'll let you uh, we'll let you know when you can hear that. Uh, what else? Uh you got anything left over? Is there any, because, uh, again, I don't know how much time we're going to have after uh, Michael, so. Uh. Some, uh, something, I, uh, a couple of things I wrote down. Interesting. Drake, you know, now worth a quarter of a billion dollars and the most digitally played artist ever. Yesterday, he released a um, something from 2006. Some guy named Ice Cube was a rapper or something. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, of course. I'm yes. showing my age. No, but you'd know him. He's one of the famous Drake. ones. Yeah. Drake opened for him in 2006 at Cool House, and he gave the receipt. They paid him 100 bucks. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100 bucks. And I thought, isn't that something? Because, again, you put yourself in that position if you can. Like, you know, an up-and-comer. I've got this stuff. Oh, I'm opening for Ice Cube. I hope, you know, this is a break for me. Little did he know at the time yeah. what was that? Yeah, the nice thing about our superstars, you know, even Bieber, mm-hmm. and I guess I, I saw something recently about Bieber that he's going to have to retire for a while because of this disease he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I think about Kanye West and what a fucking idiot he is, and, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. go DeathCon 3 on the Jews. You know, you know our... We've said this before. Our, our superstars, and we've got lots of them, they just don't seem to be that way. You know, they're just not. 
Well, even Justin Bieber was off the rails, but he was a teenager and he, you know, he's yeah. reeled it in. And, you know, his latest album, whether that was his latest album, what do I know? You know, it addresses a lot of that stuff and it's excellent. It's all, he was just a, just think about that. He was a goofy kid worth millions and millions of dollars living in Los Angeles. No, I know. Of course he went crazy. Um, all right. Michael Davis is, uh, well, we had him on a while ago. And uh, at some point, we're going to be uh, doing some business with this kid. Hey, Mike, what's going on, bro? Hey, how are you? Yeah, I know. I'm just looking through the notes here. You're like, oh, we've got a box thing coming out in November. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Not until you're a client. Okay, kid. Don't start <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. to pigeonhole your promotions into this appearance. <laughs> you know, when you finally <laughs> put up. Some, we're here. Yeah. When you finally put up some dough, then we can talk about your little holiday boxes. But uh, Michael, it's funny. I thought of you. Michael Davis from Kindling. I thought of you when I saw that story. In fact, I had written down to talk about Uber delivering weed. And I thought, well, how is that different than what Kindling is doing? And is this going to screw you up? Yeah, well, it's kind of a misnomer, really, that Uber's delivering it. It's uh, it's still the retailers that are bearing the brunt of that. So all that re- Uber's really doing is uploading a substandard menu and then um, taxing the retailer into you know, submission even more. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I'm all for it. Like, come on in, let's, let's compete. Um, but uh, in my opinion, it's kind of a substandard product. Um, and it's, it's really going to push the, these retailers who are on the brink to, uh, to extinction, I think, because it's going to depress the margins even further for them. So. It's interesting how that's all turned out. Eh? Everyone just thought that would be a huge cash cow for these guys. Yeah, I mean it's it's nascent, right? Like it's yeah. it's so early uh, that mm-hmm. everything hasn't even shaken out to a degree mm-hmm. that's like it's still not settled at all. Well, I want to get back to what you just said because yeah. I, I do order a lot of Uber Eats, you know, probably more than Freddie. I mean, I'm here in the city; it's easy to do. And and you know, like there's this Chinese food restaurant I order from, and I'm often curious. So Uber Eats basically just is a portal for that restaurant's delivery. But, yeah. but, but talk about how they're, ta- how it cause there's a charge to the restaurant or it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be for the restaurants. Well, it's more eyeballs, right? Like they, they're in everyone's pocket. So how they work with uh, non-regulated industries like food is they, they have their own drivers who they onboard uh, through background checks or whatever, and they control. So you can track it. Um, the customer service is right through Uber for that. So those Uber drivers will go to your Chinese restaurant, pick up your food, and bring it to you. Uber will charge that restaurant 30% for, wow. the, for that you know uh, service, which, okay, but that, that restaurant's not getting that order anyway. You know, like they don't have a delivery program. So it allows them to, you know, be able to reach a customer that they wouldn't before. They're on Uber. They have your eyeballs that you probably aren't calling them and ordering, right? No. Nope. So the thing with the cannabis play is they've done it with Leafly, so which is a uh, directory company. And so the deal is with Leafly, not the retailers. So what's what happens with that is you don't have any tracking and it's not through uber really so they just uploaded a menu you you're already it's you already have an uber app so you're okay cannabis why not you push order uh from the sort of poorly merchandised menu and it's still the retailer who's got to get it to you and then uber's charging that percentage anyway for what you know so i mean good for them doing it let's you know let's uh 
let's compete and right. uh, see who has a better product. But uh, it's from from my view, it's a it's a tax on Canadian retailers, and it's uh, I, I view it as like an American incumbent coming in and sort okay. of you know just throwing a flippant you know strategy at the window. <laughs> so explain uh, why you're better. Well, um, let me pull this up, this infographic here. No. Wait, no, no, wait. But, and I just want to make sure we know. It's shop, is it shopkindling.ca? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where we want people to go. Shopkindling.ca. It's cannabis delivered, free delivery, one hour or less. And that's a great yeah. question. What is the differentiator or whatever? Yeah, because, you know, a giant like Uber. I mean, you know, it's part of the vernacular now. So why should people look beyond that for you? Yeah, yeah. So when you look into it, they're they're now charging delivery fees because um, they have to, right? Like the margin's so tight for these retailers, so you got a delivery fee. The other thing is you got a minimum. So if you want to, if you're you know two kilometers away from the store and you want to order a pre roll for thirty bucks, you can't. You got to get up to fifty, seventy five, a hundred bucks, and it's all disparate. Like if you if you're going to one retailer, uh, if you click on one menu. It could be a $100 minimum. They only deliver from 4 till 8. They don't have the thing you're looking for. And you're like, okay, what the fuck? Oops, sorry. No, I'll just no you are allowed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can say right. fuck till the cows come home. Seriously. <laughs> um, so then, and then there's also no live tracking. So they have like, you know, I, I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. big feature for me anyway. Because I'm like, okay, I can see the, oh, yeah. the Chinese food. It's <laughs> that's on its right. way. Here we the go. thing Let's is, go. I, I want to make sure that the, the weed gets there before the Chinese food. Let's right. Be you got to time it. <laughs> I got to time it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that, by the way. Just to get that out there, you're not allowed to get food and uh, cannabis. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Why? So, is that just yeah. another Ontario regulation or something? No, you, yeah, you can't marry oh, my anything God. together. Yeah, so... Anyway, so there's no live tracking because all these retailers have different back ends. So, okay, so no live tracking, minimum orders, now delivery fees. Then they're not open till 11. Like I, uh, last night, I, I put in uh, uh, an address downtown and the store closes at 9. Okay, so what do we do now? And there's only, there's only a certain amount of coverage. So, um, and then, I mean, another big thing is like the, the pricing. You'd think like maybe you wouldn't actually, but the Uber pricing isn't like, dramatically lower or higher really so it's like what is the yeah what's what the, the deal thing? why bother yeah. if i were uber and i were listening to this i would say you know what we got shop kindling we might as well just shut this down like yeah. we, we you know yeah. we were gonna do some yeah. stuff but shop kindling <laughs> has figured it out um by the way before i forget i uh, i did a little delivery with shop kindling a few weeks ago and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I know I talk a lot about how much weed I smoke. I don't smoke a lot. I really don't. I just smoke it regularly. And for instance, the, I, I ordered a, uh, a hash pre-roll that I basically lasted me <laughs> the better part of two weeks. Cause I could only take a couple puffs a night. And then I was just, cause I was, I don't know what it, it, I've had hash obviously, but it was the way it was a concentrate or was it the resin or something? It was called a big blunt or something. You remember this? Yeah, yeah, it's infused. So these new products, they're very, some of them are very high potency. Yes. That's the, oh, that's the other thing, actually, is that when you go on Uber, like, this is still a drug, right? Like, it's still psychoactive, as, like, harmless as we sort of, you know, portray it as. Like, so there's no potency filters. There's no guidance on their app. They've just thrown up a substandard shitty product. Yes. And here you go. Great. They don't even focus on it. It's just, like, mm-hmm. they've got other businesses going on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, for instance, could order that or like maybe not you, someone who's not as versed as you and be knocked on their ass. Yes. And it's like, OK, so how, you know, guiding the customer, I think, is a pretty 
a key ingredient. I mean, the Canadian government was talking all about education and all this other shit. And here it is. And they're they're They don't Uber throws this up and it's, you know, there's no education whatsoever. So, well, I tell you, 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 not that I shouldn't say you warned me, but I asked, cause I was saying to you, uh, I was telling Mike, I, I wanted to order some pre-rolls of this. I said, I love hash and, he, and you recommended that to me. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like if you weren't prepared, and and and, I, and you're talking to somebody that has smoked shatter more than once. Uh, I used yeah. to I used to vape, but I went through about a, a year shatter period where I, that's what I was doing. I, I don't do it anymore because I I wanted I wanted to preserve what was left of my fragile psyche. But uh, the first time I smoked, <laughs> the first time I this is true. The first time I smoked shatter, I thought I went blind in my left eye for about three hours. I went, <laughs> I was like, this stuff is really good, but I can't see. And I remember I was with my older brother and we both were like, hey, we've smoked weed before. Let's try this. And it was almost like doing a line of THC. I could feel it in the back of my neck. It was just too much. But uh, I, listen, Mike, I'm glad you came on here because I was thinking about you. Michael Davis wants you to shop kindling.ca. It's a full service. It's got education. It's got categories. You can shop by mood. It is the it, for, listen. Order your food from Uber. They do okay with that. And sometimes, you know, you get a ride someplace. They're fine. But if you're going to be ordering weed, stay away from it. It's no good. <laughs> did I, did I get... The big thing I wanted to sorry, mention is that, like, it's, it's, it's a actually better product. Chopkin. Yeah, man. Faster, yeah. You know what I mean? So, anyway. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll send you another box. Uh, well, uh, dude, I'd love that. <laughs> I am... I am... Uh, your mom's friend and I are going to Paris today. <laughs> Um, yeah, ex-wife Randy and I are on our way to France, so we save it for a couple weeks. I'll let you know when I'm back in town. And then in November, uh, Shop Kindling is going to be part of the Humble and Fred Show. We've got all kinds of stuff uh, planned for you, so you can shop kindling.ca yourself. Uh, but I'm glad you came on and, uh, and made this uh, point, Mikey. Thank you so much. Enjoy Paris. All right, man. Give my best Thank to you, mom Mike. and dad, all right? Cheers. His parents are very nice. He's <laughs> got a good Bye, family. Yeah, yeah remember Sammy D and uh, Fit for Life Sandwiches. That's where we uh, know Mike from. Absolutely. Did I tell you about the night I thought I OD'd, like within the last year? <laughs> Did you what? OD'd. On what? Well, Danny had bought me these chocolate bars, Shatter. Yeah, yeah. On them, and the one is Indica and what, what's it? Sativa. Sativa. Yeah. What's the one that helped, is supposed to help you sleep? Indica. Indica. They call that the nickname. Well, I was for watching it. TV one night, or maybe I did the other one because I was watching YouTube, and I thought I'm just going to have a little piece of that chocolate, and I did, but I didn't give it enough time, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't feel anything, so I, I eat more. Hmm. So R- then I. That's went a rookie mistake, by the way. Of course, and then I went to bed, and I laid down, and it really hit me, and not being used to that feeling. It got to the point where I didn't like it. It was like weird. And I'm thinking, should I go in and tell Delise right now? Because I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't feel like I'm in control or something. Mm-hmm. And again, to somebody used to that that stone, they would know. That's oh, overwhelming, yeah. And I just lay there and I thought, okay, I got to wait this out. I got to wait this out, I, which I, I did. Eventually it subsided. But there was a moment I'm thinking, I, I'm going to go tell Delise what I'm going through right now. And we should... <laughs> They, you know, there's a phrase they they call that greening out. Is that what that is? Yeah, and I've only yeah, ever I, had it one time, but I was yeah. the only time it ever happened to me is when I uh, smoked some really really high octane, like high concentrated THC, and I was drinking. I got drunk one night by myself drinking vodka and I started smoking this weed, and I did the same thing where I I thought I'm going to have to call somebody. I may need to go to the hospital. 
let me just ask you about that. You're by yourself. You're getting drunk on vodka and smoking. Yeah. To what was the point? I don't know. What is the point of any of it? No, no. I mean, <laughs> only because it's like. I can't remember my well, mindset at the time. But it like, seemed, were you just trying to bury troubles at that moment or something? Like, oh, only, and I only no, say I know what that you're saying. I know. Because often, like, you know, I equate, you know, having some vodka with a social group and maybe getting a little buzz on. But yeah, yeah I don't remember. I, and I never do that alone. No, like, obviously. I, so Most people don't. Uh, Although you could like I, you could probably because you're not an alcoholic, you could probably have, you know, the games on and you might pour yourself a, you yeah. know, a nice quarter glass of scotch to sip while you're watching and, a, I, and i and i've done that no, I, I know you could do that with any frequency yeah. no but but you could do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and put it down whereas if i was to crack the scotch i i couldn't have a little bit of it i would just keep guzzling it so the night i did this mm-hmm. uh, i was still on six lines so it was prior to me moving here obviously prior to me quitting drinking Mm-hmm. And I just remember drinking some vodka, which I liked. And I used to drink vodka frozen because I like that mm-hmm. that vibe of it. And then I just got, you know, I maybe had several glasses of it, but I was pretty drunk. By the time I started smoking this weed that somebody had given me, mm-hmm. uh, I remember just having to walk up and down the hall of my house because I, I thought I was going to have to go to the fucking mm-hmm. emergency. Well, the night I did it, the reason partly is because I, you, Darren and you, and often you guys will make reference. Oh, I sat down and watched this thing last night and had a little uh, puff and it was great. And I'm thinking maybe I should be one of the guys where I'll sit down and watch <laughs> and then I'll sit down and watch something like and uh, get a little buzz on. Yeah, man. And then I can be part of that group. Well, I OD'd, Alex. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I don't like edibles just for that reason. Right, okay. I find them too unpredictable. <laughs> I find it too hard to control. Like, the stuff right. that Michael uh, sent me, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to get through this joint. And it was a pretty good-sized joint, but it had this hash resin in it. And I knew, as an experienced, uh, you know, toker, I knew from the first puff I took of it, that it was a bit more than I had been currently used to. Not that I was so much more, but I knew I took a couple puffs and that was it for the whole night. Like I was done. And you said Indica, by the way, the, the joke about Indica, kids call it Indicouch because it just puts you down. You, you get, it's a body stone. So right. you've got hash, which is a super body stone, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, it's funny. I actually prefer that now than the crazy psychoactive stuff because when you're by yourself, that body stone just makes you tired and feel good. Sometimes that headstone can kind of get you in a place where you're like, ooh, I really am overthinking this. And I don't really like that feeling anymore. Yeah. I overthink enough on my own. Thank you, weed. Oh, yeah. By the way, I've never ordered food through Uber or any service whatsoever. Well, you've yeah. ordered takeout before, though. Yeah, but not a not no. I know, but I'm, it's it's the same. It's no, just, directly from the pizza. Yeah, shop exactly. But, but it's, never it through a third party like thing. No, you know, it's I do it all the time. It's very convenient. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, my daughter and the other child, uh, they do it. I I could tell you, it's 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 wasteful. Like Charlie will order a coffee. She'll be at what? homework. Yes, Charlie will order. Oh. Charlie. And her ilk, and Boone is shaking his head, that generation will Uber Eats a Starbucks coffee. And uh, I think that's ridiculous. I've never Ubered um, transportation on my own either. I've been in an Uber that somebody else has ordered, but I've never done that either. 
But here I am. You just, yeah, I mean, you know, you're out in the suburbs. You don't have that. Mm-hmm. They have you're with the turkeys. <laughs> That's right. You heard that? <laughs> Did you see those fucking turkeys, Boone? Howard, I put it on your Twitter uh, feed. For, oh, nice. Uh, Thank you. All the honey pee. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've done, I, I Uber and, uh, you know, I've, you know, it's, but uh, Uber Eats is very convenient. Like, and, and it's funny because I used to be somebody that ordered food, like from the restaurant. And I didn't realize till Michael mentioned that that restaurant's paying 30%, but that's crazy. But he's, he makes a point. I would have not known about the restaurant that I ordered him some from had they not been on Uber Eats. But you're uh, you're such a metrosexual, you know. You do all the city things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really a metro because I order Uber Eats. I'm so fancy. I, I think he's a millennial trapped in a boomer's body. Yes, yeah. yes, good point. Good yes. point, Boone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part I, of my ignorance. Can you overdose on cannabis? Yeah, no, you can't. By the way, it's funny it, you said about, about being a metrosexual. Until I moved back here, I hadn't mm-hmm. done that either. I'd never been in an Uber. Right. And I never, like when I lived in Oakville, it never occurred to me to have somebody, yeah, I mean, I might order pizza or Chinese food, but mostly I got in my car and went and got it. I'm on the Uber thing, uh, I mean, I, I've got the app, and I was going to, one morning, in a, you know, it was prime time, I was going to the airport, and, you know, within between 7 and 9 a.m. Yeah, they have surge pricing. Well, I put the, you know, I get a flat rate through some cab company here. Yep. I don't know, 50 bucks or something. And when I Ubered, it was more than that. Yeah, because it's a bit of the demand. Yeah. So in high demand times. Yes. So um, I didn't bother. Yeah. But generally, it's cheaper. Yes. Generally. Yes. Like, I'm going to, like, yeah. Randy's going to pick me up today in her, in the, in the Uber on our way to the airport. And I know what it costs from here to the airport. And the, and the Uber off peak hours is half the price. Yeah. Okay. That airport limo thing that you and I use, whatever, it's 50 bucks from my house. And the mm-hmm. Uber will be less than 30, so it does make sense. Right. Uh, Mikey, no, you can't overdose. In fact, nobody has ever died, oh. legendarily, from uh, weed alone. All you get is a bit paranoid, and eventually you get tired and fall asleep. No, the danger is when you smoke the weed and then you start operating the heavy machinery. <laughs> That's right. Um, I was doing this joke for, go ahead. No, that guy. Did you see yesterday again? Guy driving a dump truck. Oh yeah. On the QEW and left the bin up and smacking like, and it got pinned under. Like, how do you do that? Maybe he was smoking something. Well, I was going like, to say that. Do the, you do that? The, the highway signs now all say that. I used to do, I've been doing this joke for a couple of years. So they've been there. It says slightly high is too high. And I'm like, that's not true because <laughs> uh, that's not true. We all and anyone who smokes weed knows that slightly high is not the same as too high because slightly yeah. high. I could talk to a cop too high. I see a cop. I start to cry. So uh, <laughs> that's the joke. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I there was something on Twitter last night. I responded to Mike. I don't know if you saw the <clears throat> the reaction. To, there was somebody put up uh, how bad traffic Leo Routens, actually. Leo Routens. Yeah. Leo Routens, who was uh, tell me who he is again. Uh, Raptors, former NBA player, right? uh, First Canadian drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. And uh, as Fred said, um, we made history on Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday, the most Canadians ever in the NBA. What was that, Freddie? There was 23 Uh, Canadians. 23 Canadians now on NBA rosters, the most ever. Mm -hmm. So Leo Routens puts this thing up on Twitter last night. I just saw when I came home about how bad the traffic is and all the time he's lived here. This is the worst he's ever seen it. I responded similarly. I said, 
I've been coming. I've been driving around Toronto for over 30 years and post pandemic. This is the worst I've ever seen mm-hmm. traffic. The absolute worst. This drive I make to Milton every day on the 401 is a nightmare. And they've been trying to f- they've been fixing that mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm hmm. But it's almost like I said on my tweet, I said, it's almost like post-COVID, everyone came out of their house and decided to live on the gardener. Because, you know, we had that couple years where traffic was easy, no one was driving, people were staying home. But I don't know if you've noticed that, Mike, biking around Toronto, but it's crazy. Well, I do notice, and I notice that uh, there's a lot of stress amongst the motorists like you and Leo, and I kind of almost don't even want to mention it, but because I opted out of this game, like you cannot lose if you do not play, I simply bike everywhere, and it's stress-free, and it's fun, and I don't have to worry about sitting on the gardener. Yeah, I mean, you figured out, you've gamed, Mike has definitely gamed the system in terms of knowing how to get places. Sometimes I'll talk to Boone, and, and I think recently we were talking, and you said you were somewhere... And it was kind of north to me. It was like, you know, midtown Toronto. Well, I was at Young and Finch on the weekend when you called. I was making a pickup at Young and Finch. And uh, it was a no-brainer. If I have the time, it was 30K each way. But 30K, dude. No way I'm driving if I can bike because it's fun. It lets me eat like a pig without getting fat. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good on my wallet. And it one less car on the uh, highway clogging things up. (laughs) Yeah, not everyone's that industrious, though, Mikey. No. Oh, I know. I know. You don't start. Or, you know, it's not plausible for some people because, you know, I this northbound 410 into Brampton, like at rush hour or southbound uh, in the morning, it's like I look and I think, you know, there are people that that's part of their life and they have no choice. They have no choice because, again, public transit in this province is a joke generally and uh, they have to get to work and they have to sit in that every day. Can you imagine that? Uh, did you no, see no, that right, uh, not everybody can bike no and, and, and you I, I talked over you when you said not yeah you don't start at 60k but to your point freddie there was a, a a picture i saw on social media in the last week and it showed all the different transit mm-hmm. routes in all the big you know famous cities of the world you know toronto new york london paris and then there was toronto with like two fucking lines no i know if you look at the the subway grids at all the major cities in, in in the world and then look at Toronto's. It's it's shameful, actually. And, you know, so much of that over the years was people had ideas and we've got to do this, let's do it, and then somehow it comes off the rails and they didn't do it or they wouldn't do it. And it was political. This, this, and this is the result, yep. Now, now, Monica works for a big bank and they've been Mrs. called Bone. back to the office. So, yeah, my wife. Uh, two days a week they have to go in the office. So what she's been doing is she's been getting to the Mimico Go station and then 12 minutes later she walks out at Union Station. Right, right. So so the Go, I don't know where, I know I got to plead some ignorance, but if you can get yourself to a Go station, you can be at Union Station pretty darn quickly. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, you know, if that works for you, it's fantastic. But the problem is it's got to work for you where we were talking about this the other day you know i have a niece that lives in london and we when we were there it doesn't matter where you are in the so-called suburbs there's major train lines going in from all directions and all angles Mm -hmm. we just don't have that i mean although you know when i did live in oakville i I, that that's the only form of transit i've ever really used regularly is the go train because it was convenient Mm -hmm. and you know you use it freddie when you sometimes come into the city you'll actually go to the mimico station or something near there and just i have to drive almost you know 25 minutes just to get to the just to get but isn't well how is it possible that you can't find a go to come in from Brampton. Well, there is in Brampton, but the hours are just ridiculous. Right. The hours are not convenient. 
Yeah, it is shameful. And it's kind of weird that we live in this world-class city that's got a, a you know, small-town transit system. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, are you all caught up? Don't you have something else to no. do? Yes. Uh, well, Should then, I now? Well, now would be a good time because we're going to shut it down. Boone's got some stuff. <laughs> Boone's all got right. stuff going on. It's Thursday again already. Yeah, bro. And gentlemen, that means NFL football. It's the cards and uh, the Saints tonight. Not the best game. The Arizona Cardinals uh, minus 140 on a win. Uh, point spread uh, two and a half over under 44. Again, that doesn't do much for me, cards and Saints. Your Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, let's see what team shows up. Minus 70 against the Dallas Stars. I think that's a... Hmm. That one leaves me scratching my head. Uh, over under of uh, six and a half goals, uh, Leafs and the Stars. Uh, that's uh, your Bow Dog, okay? Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bow Dog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And again, go to Bow Dog. Anything you want to bet on, you know, the baseball playoffs, NFL, as I mentioned today, NHL hockey, all of it, it's there at Bow Dog. Just got a uh, check-in here from uh, my buddy Steve Lavery. He says, uh, lol, that's LOL, Fred, on the fucking gardener right now for a meeting on Front Street. 90 minutes so far from mm-hmm. Mississauga. Wow. Yeah. What? This is a problem. Like, I, and I, and I, you know, I know people out west, you know, Toronto, ugh. but I always say this to my brothers who live in Calgary and Edmonton. Those aren't small cities. I say, you know, one of the things, the challenges of living here, and it's only gotten worse, is that every time I go somewhere, and I, you know, I know I'm doing a lot more running around than you are, I guess, but every time I go somewhere, I have to consider what time of the day it is. Can I take the 407? That's the first thing. Like I went to Oxbridge the other day, and I put it on my Google Maps, and had I taken the non-toll routes, mm-hmm. 401, 427, all that nonsense, it was going to take me an hour and 25 minutes to get there. This was at five o'clock in the evening. So we, we have a consideration living in a city like this that, you know, say other, certainly other Canadian cities don't have to consider as much. This, listen, those are big mm-hmm. cities too out west, but it's not the same as this. But, but, you know, our infrastructure plans lag. And when I say our, you know, I don't live in the 416 where it's the worst, although it's getting obviously bad out here. You know, office buildings go up, condos go up, and I'm talking everywhere. Even like, it's funny, you drive along the 407, you look to the north now, and you see these towering condos and and office buildings being built in the suburbs. The infrastructure is not there to support it. Where are we going to be 10 years from now? How is traffic going to move 10 years from now if if the roads and transit don't keep up with with the building? To your point, Fred, that six points area, it's blowing Mm -hmm. up, right? Like, and even near you, Howard, there where the uh, milestones and all that was. Oh, yeah. How many people are going to be there? And if you think about Park Lawn and Lakeshore. Dude, Booner, I don't know when the last time you've come south on the 427, Fred. But uh, here's the thing. If you look to the west, the Mississauga skyline, Mm -hmm. it looks like it, it, again, not to insult Western Canada. Mm -hmm. Our Mississauga 
And look, mm-hmm. their skyline's bigger than Calgary and Edmonton. It's unbelievable. It's like a whole right. other world over there. Right. The Mimico skyline is bigger than Calgary. Edmonton. The Mimico hey, now, skyline. come on now. You don't know that. You've never been anywhere. <laughs> I've been Edmonton. You've never been so. My wife is from Edmonton. So. Um, mm-hmm. But no, but seriously, Mississauga looks like a whole other city. Uh, and it's grown up in the time that we've been doing this thing. And an example, I was reading about this yesterday. You know that Eglinton LRT thing or whatever yes. the hell that fucking disaster is? You know, that was supposed to be done in 2020. Mm-hmm. And now they, they can't even give you an end date now. <laughs> you know, they can't. That's the problem right now. It, it's been delayed again, but they can't say when it's... Like, how does that happen? Whenever government gets involved in that kind of thing, this is this is the result. Look at Union Station. Was that 10 years over... Oh, yeah. The original time estimate. But this, and, and the businesses and the people that have been affected by that Eglinton disaster. No, that's been going on forever. Oh, man. Listen, they're, they're just now winding down this 401 construction. I've been at Club Link for 10 years. This is my 10th mm-hmm. summer of being at my home course in Club Link is mm-hmm. uh, Glen Cairn, so Highway 25 and the 401. And when I lived in Oakville, it was a no-brainer. I'd come up to Fogger, no big deal. But since I've moved here, so six years of driving back and forth, mm-hmm. it is just just now starting to come to an end. You know, if you could cut government out of so much, if somehow that could all be done privately, it would be done more efficiently. It would be done cheaper. It would be done on time. It's just people milk the government. Have you seen, and again, not to get too far off track here before we talk. Yeah, because we are going to wrap up soon. i got to go to Paris. The... Um, what was the app for coming into the country? The uh, Arrive Canada. Arrive Canada. They spent $54 million on that. On an and, app? And, yeah, on the app, Howard. And now they've got third parties to come in and give us an estimate on what that should have cost. And it's like one or two million, three yeah. million dollars. Government got involved. They have no idea where that money went. $54 million for that simple goddamn app, the we, government. We could have got our guys at... Uh, Red Piston. Red Piston. Shout out to Red Piston, yeah. yo. <laughs> they heard their mention. No, uh, I saw nice that. tweet from those guys. Yeah, Andy oh, Kale. Uh, and now we... What's that, pal? No, oh, that's great. Andy's a good guy. Very good guy. Andy at Red Piston. Go support them. They could have got that app done for half that price. $17 million. You could have done it for 10K. 10K. That's right. Uh, Now let's uh, welcome in officially to our program the host of uh, Toronto, Mike. Uh, He is... uh, getting out of your car. I'm still introducing you. Oh, I'm not used to such a long intro. He's also the producer of one of this country's most legendary podcasts, known as Toronto (laughs) Mike. Please welcome our producer, Toronto Mike. Thank you, Howard. Hey, Mikey. Uh, just earlier today, we booked the whole family is going to Montreal to visit my uh, oldest daughter who lives there. She's at McGill. And we Aww. booked uh, via rail. So we've got tickets to go from Union Station to like walking distance from her uh, her residence. Fantastic. Man. That's a nice experience, Montreal. Yeah. And uh, you, while you're there, you should visit uh, my godson, uh, Colton uh, Dinoc Duran. Well, I'm bringing my 20-year-old son, who was BFFs with Colton when Colton lived in uh, Bloor West Village. That's right. You guys were all kind of Dan Duran. You, didn't your son... Did he go to school with Colton? Yeah. Well, until Colton moved away, he, yeah, right. he went. they were in the same class at uh, Humbercrest. Isn't that right. cool, man? Uh-huh. 
so many years ago. Uh, Toronto, Mike, now you mentioned you have uh, a couple little sweet clips. Oh, by the way, if somebody's... Uh, so we Mike put up the turkey picture on Twitter. The turkey picture I put up on Facebook uh, has only got one comment. The comment, which one is humble and which one is Fred? See? Nice. Everyone enjoys a good <laughs> humble and Fred turkey bit. Dude, Bo- Boone... Yeah, Those, that yeah. picture, by the way, is not doing justice to how freaking big these turkeys are. We need um, a banana for scale. Well, no, for sure. They're big. They're, I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. They're twice the size Dude. of Stan. Huge. Oh, at least. Yes. Like, hey, Fred, your uh, daughter was at the Pinery this summer, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so I go to the Pinery every summer, and I, there's always a gang of uh, a gaggle. I don't know. A gaggle of turkeys that okay. uh, roam wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always fun when they, in the middle of the night when they go by your tent. Yeah, these goddamn turkeys well, were. Again, this was so cool yesterday because, again, they were pretty calm. And, again, they didn't. I couldn't walk up to them, and they walked away slowly. But... I'm anxious to see if they're back today, whether they've decided that this is going to be their new home. <laughs> yeah, what if you become like, uh, you know, years from now, it's like, oh, that's right, old Fred became the turkey habitat, and he turned his Brampton estate into a place where turkeys felt safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the turkey whisperer. <laughs> the turkey. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He is a turkey whisperer. He's been working with me for 32 years. Hello! <laughs> Hello! Okay, I know, uh, Howard, by the way, uh, enjoy your trip. I have secondhand excitement about your trip to Paris. I got engaged with Tamonica in Paris at the top of the Eiffel Tower, so no pressure for you and Randy. But Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of the most oft-asked questions, you know. When I tell people, I ran into an old neighbor of mine, strangely enough, last night. A guy lived across the street from me in Oakville for the better part of 20 years. Ran into him at this uh, club link thing and uh, asked me how things were. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to Paris tomorrow night with ex-wife Randy. He's like, oh, my God, you guys go back together? And, of course, my response is always, well, we're not. But, I, you know, maybe our money might cozy up to one another again. You know, that'd be cool. Get the money. You're good back friends, together. and it's uh, nice to see. It is, you know. I'm really looking forward to it, and I have no. I just, I know what it's going to be like. It's going to be fun, and she's fun to hang out with. She's kooky. And, uh, well, you know, there's a. Uh, a lot of people have got married to the same person twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like it's Liz Taylor. That's yeah. right. Especially, oh, quick yeah. news! Quick news mm. for you guys. Liz Truss resigned today. Really? Oh, she did, yeah. she was under a lot of pressure there. They pri- she was prime minister for a day. Why? What happened? And oh, it's they the just can't stand any, her. Uh, prime minister ever. Yeah, why? Be, yeah, tell me that. Well, because I, I, I heard some uh, audio the other day. I was like, why? what has she done that's so... She was only in the office for a couple of weeks. I don't have that detail, uh, but... Yeah, she was not popular in her own party, so she was. Uh, yeah, she resigned. Pressure yeah, that's. I'll tell you what, the uh, Carla Collins, Steve Anthony morning show lasted longer than this. That's an old radio <laughs> reference. Isn't that not popular within her own party? Wouldn't that be great if the Republicans in the states could do that? Oh man, um, Mike has some audio. We're going to play. Oh, this is short. Yeah, this I know is short. Go to Paris. No, well, listen, I, yeah, I got, I got to talk to Lumby in a half an hour. He's going to debrief oh. me on <laughs> okay. the visit. So, uh, let me play this one and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Die, they must die. Humble and Fred must die. Die, they must die. Humble and Fred must die. Corky and the Juice Pigs? Well, it's a, it's a yeah, parody of Corky and the Juice Pigs, right? Because they did The Pandas Must Die. Yes, right? but that was actually them doing it for us. Oh, oh I yeah, couldn't tell. Sad. I was going to find out whose yeah. uh, voices were on that. That was so Corky and the Juice Pigs did that. Die, they must die. The Pandas must die. Mm-hmm. And in one of their visits to our studio, they recorded that for us, and we played that 
mm-hmm. played the shit out of that. Yeah. Play it again, Mike. Never mind. I love that. Yeah, here we go. Die, they must die. Humble and Fred must die. Die, they must die. Humble and Fred must die. Nice. Huh? Yeah, that one, I mean, that brings me back. I was listening back then. And uh, yeah, Sean Cullen is a friend of the show. So I guess he's on uh, lead vocals there. My mom hated that. <laughs> Why do you play that? She used to say, I don't want you guys oh. to die. <laughs> oh, mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else you got, Mike, before we uh, say so long for a week? Yeah, one more, and then I'll bring a couple more in a couple weeks. But here's one more. It's actually not the one I meant to pull, but that's the one I have right now. I, I was trying to get the Greasy Jungle one, and I picked the wrong jungle theme. But uh, uh, and By the way, that was a woman that... Wasn't Dan dating her? Oh, I don't know. Christ, Howard. Like, She's not the stalker, is she? No, no, no. It's uh, somebody else, I think. Or either he was dating her or he'd met her at a session or something, but she did that for us. The um, Greasy Jungle... Isn't that the Greasy Bunghole? Greasy bung. No, no. This is uh, Jamie Watson doing a parody of Greasy. Who? What's the hip song? Yeah, greasy Jungle is the hip song. Okay, and right. it's Greasy Humble. Here, let's listen to it. Oh, I thought it was Bunghole. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, it should have been Bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna play? Are you gonna play it? No, because uh, well, I. Mm. I have to dig it up. I uh, loaded it up thinking that was. Oh, that. I see. This is a mm. teaser. Uh, in two weeks, I promise to play Greasy Jungle. Yeah, I wonder if I have it at hand. I probably don't. Um, okay, well, that was great. Thanks to one and all for all the uh, feedback on our 11th anniversary. Thanks to uh, Toronto Mike for lovingly producing this program uh, and all that you do. Thanks to uh, Dan Duran, who uh, lent us his voice, even though he was in uh, Europe. I guess Dan's in Venice now. And I, I was surprised because Dan, uh, much more traveled than you and I early because like before we, we had kids before Dan did. And when Dan was married... His uh, wife, our friend uh, Jackie, worked for uh, British Airways, I think. Yes. And so Dan and Jackie, before they had Colton, was just they just traveled so much more yes. than us because they could travel for nothing. You know, well, but I was surprised that Duran had never been to Venice. No, and that big thing in his pants, I'm sure Venice is sinking this morning. Ah! <laughs> Here to the West. <laughs> That's right. Ah, look, Dan Durand has brought the sausage. Hey, Dan, you bring him back to uh, Italy. That's the worst Italian accent. <laughs> um, yes, Dan Durand. Uh, again, I was surprised when he told me that, like, because he's been everywhere, man. Yeah, there's no other city like Venice, that's for sure. You know, we were talking about traveling this morning, and I, I maybe Thailand, but beyond that, I have no interest in going to that part of the world. Um, for whatever reason, that may change, but... Yeah, for me, I, I was watching a... I know this is a surprise both of you. I was watching a golf tournament last week that was taking place in Japan, mm. and uh, I did not realize that Tokyo is now the largest city on the earth with a population... Is it really? Of 32 million people. Previously, I thought Mexico City, which is probably close in population. But I was watching, and every time they would come back, some uh, commercial, they would show the skyline of Tokyo and, and, and just how clean. They kept mm-hmm. talking about how clean and safe and beautiful the city was. And I was thinking, you know, maybe, should I go there? You know, do people go to Boone and all your travels? Have you been to anywhere in Asia? No. I mean, my wife uh, has been to Philippines many, many times, but I have not yet. Uh, I'm not allowed trip. to comment on the Philippines, as you know. <laughs> the embargo is still in place. You know where else I don't think I'm... 
I'm not sure I'm going to end up as, I don't think I, I got Australia and New Zealand. I don't, I don't know I if I can like do it. Australia, but you know, it, it's like I said earlier in the show, you've got to, you got to make up your mind. You're going to go and just like book it. Cause again, it's something all over there for mm-hmm. me. Australia, I would love to go, I think, but not enough to actually get her done, you know? Stephen, uh, Edmonton Steve, uh, one of his firstborn, my niece Sarah, lived in New Zealand for a couple of years. I know he's listening, he just said, hey, have a good trip, Howard, on Facebook. But I know Stephen went over a couple of times, and I remember talking to him about that. It's a big commitment, man. It's a long trip. And I hear New Zealand's like more fascinating than uh, Australia. Lord of the Rings. Again, if you love geography, it's like amazing. Again, uh, you know, there's all kind of places like that. You've been to Greece. I've never been there. I've never been to Fiji. That, for some reason, intrigues me, that idea. I, I, I love somebody uh, I was golfing with recently said they were on their way to Hawaii. You know, I've been there a couple of times, but most people here in eastern Canada, that's, a, that's another long way to go. Going to Hawaii from Toronto, you know, it's a 15, 16-hour ordeal. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, I, I was telling that person, I was saying it's so worth it. I, I think that's one of the nicest places I've ever been. Well, the thing is, too, I mean, a lot of those places are retirement places because to go for a couple of weeks just isn't enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to carve out, you know, a month, six weeks to really, without feeling like it was just whirlwind, you know? Anyhow, thanks to everyone. We're uh, only off for four days. Like next week, we're not doing a show. Boone will host uh, the best of. And then we're back live. I can't really, I, I, I'm going to say this to you too. Uh, we, I know we have our little after show meetings on Thursdays, but I'll say this. I arrive in Toronto like mm, Sunday afternoon on the 30th. I can't imagine I wouldn't be. I'll be cool for, to do the show the next day. I mean, I've had the, that, that type of jet lag before. Mm-hmm. Um, although they say, is it, I can't remember, is it worse, worse going west to east or east to west? Worse coming back, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because you're yeah ahead but, um, in the future when you get there. We've got a couple of great uh, episodes coming up that week, including uh, Stu Stone, who's a friend of the show. I know he was on uh, with Mike recently. But Stu uh, was on... Re- when our, uh, Stu Stone, an actor, a really good kid, was telling us the story of having their equipment stolen when they were in Winnipeg filming this movie they're doing. Anyway, the movie's now coming out. You got your own yeah, it's puppet got a now? limited theatrical release. It's called Vandits. He's going to come in and uh, he's on uh, to talk about it. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. I have Greasy Jungle. It's only seven seconds. Yeah, Can do I it, play man. It? Play it up. Here we go. Go ahead. Greasy Jungle and you are. That is so good. I mean, for you people that haven't heard the original in a while... Um, let me just give you that greasy jungle. Oh, you, you know where I was getting greasy bunghole from? Go, the goo head thing. Oh, bunghole liquors? No, no. Remember, goo head does the tragically hip. Oh, yes, right, right, A right. line from there, greasy bunghole. But Jamie, who we've talked about ad nauseum on this program, how talented he is, and how lucky that we just happened to be in this place where there was this group of people, him, uh, Pete Cunio, and a bunch of others that... You know, did all these things. Listen to this. Okay, so I'm going to play that again. And then you play. No, you play the Jamie one now. Okay, here we go.
it's almost funny. And Jamie sounds more like like Gord Downey than Gord does in that. Uh, he was so good, man. Jeez, maybe the hip should come back with Jamie as the new lead. Sure. Jamie's not leaving Georgetown for the hip. Um, okay. Okay, everybody. That's enough. It's enough show. How much more show do we have to do here? Well, Bill Brio is the Tuesday guest when you get back. We're off next week, and then Bill Brio's Tuesday, and then Stu Stone, the great Stu Stone, is Wednesday's okay. guest. I was thinking, funny you said Bill Brio, and I was thinking Bill... Uh, Who's the hockey player this hip singer, Bill uh, Barilko? I was thinking, Bill Barilko is going to be on the show. That's fucking cool. Dead guys. We love dead guys on the show. Let's get some more dead hockey players. Uh, all right, everyone. Stay safe and well. And uh, until next time, thanks for uh, letting us uh, yell at you for the last couple hours. This Take care. of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And on whatever platform you're listening, help us out by liking, subscribing, and giving us all the stars you can. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, no matter where I am, France, Italy, or in the sky somewhere over the Atlantic, I'm still here. Enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?